morning and welcome to News File. Just when we thought we've seen it all, the city, according to a Bloomberg report, slumped as the worst performer against the dollar. And our dear currency failed to prove the report wrong. One dollar now sells for 14.75 cities. Let me know if I spoke too soon because it may have changed whilst I'm talking. It is fast depreciation, almost as if with the speed of light. Start the day with a figure and end with another. That's what we saw this week. No stability whatsoever, which is a grave concern or a cause of concern for the business community. Guta members would rather close their shops to register their protests about the situation, albeit the action has been suspended. But for how long is the question? This is taking us back to the cash and carry system for purchase of drugs. This certainly leaves us with a crisis capable of affecting lives and health of the nation. And by the way, producer price inflation has also hit 45.5% for the previous month of September 2022. And don't forget, we ushered the week in with another rise in the prices of petroleum products of about 12 to 16% increase for petrol and diesel. There's no doubt we are in challenging times as government struggles to reach a deal with the IMF. We are told a staff level agreement will be reached by the end of the year 2022. Is the Ghana miracle definitely on the way? What if we don't get it? Is there a plan in place by government? And as citizens, have we been told about it? Meanwhile, there's a lot of touring and touting going on. President Ekufado is currently in his home region, the eastern region. I'll tell you more about it. But prior to that, he was in the World Bank of the governing NPP, that's the Ashanti region, and told the people of Kwabre that your threats don't frighten me. That's not all. He has a response to those calling for the sacking of finance minister. He says he has no basis to sack Ken Oferiata. And the team remains unchanged. In fact, we have the top five excellent ministers among his team, and that includes Mr. Oforiata. Brace yourself for a long ride. These and more are the vexed matters on your most authoritative news analysis platform, NewsFile. As always, NewsFile on NewsFile, Ghana comes first. We are live on Joy News, Joy 99.7 FM, Love. 99.5 99.5 FM in Kumasi and affiliates in all 16 regions of Ghana. We are on myjoyonline.com and all social media platforms. I am MFA Apau and I'm sitting in for your regular host, Samson Ladi Anyenene. He's on an Aspen Global Leadership Program out of Accra. A quick turnaround, then we get talking. Please stay. Close the window small. Ah, your room be too bright, oh. Why, you be vampire when you know the light sunlight. Oh, my guy, my eyes, oh, my eyes. Behind the PC problem. Oh, in the sun problem. Come on, light bulb, sir. This no matter. Eh? I bet go Robert and Sons. Mm. Oh, yeah. Then my chick to him, I know correct. Crap. Where Robert and Sons sort them out sharp. Now, so, so stylish frames in the wrong. <laughs> we go go Robert <laughs> and Sons, right? Do you know I was sitting inside proper? For over 25 years, Robert and Sons continues to provide specialist eye care for both adults and children. Locate us at Adabaka, Adenta, Kumasi, Usudangwa, Tema, Weja, and East Legon. Call 050-151-9111. Robert and Sons, seeing is believing. 
Oh, Charlie, close the window small. Ah, the room be too bright, oh. Why, you be vampire when you know the light sunlight? Oh, my guy, my eyes, oh, my eyes. Behind the PC problem. Oh, in the sun problem. Come on, light bulb, sir. This no matter. Eh? I beg, go Robert and Sons. Mm. Oh, yeah. Then my chick to him, I know correct. Crap. Where Robert and Sons sort them out sharp. Now, so, so stylish frames in the wrong. <laughs> we go go Robert and Sons right in. No, I was sitting inside proper. For over 25 years, Robert and Sons continues to provide specialist eye care for both adults and children. Locate us at Adabaka, Adenta, Kumasi, Usudangwa, Tema, Weja, and East Legon. Call 050-151-9111. Robert and Sons, seeing is believing. McBrown, and I want to encourage you to dial star 165 hash on MTN to join the My Way family. My Way provides you and a selected family member a cover against death. As a policyholder, you will also have a cover against total permanent disability and hospitalization should you be hospitalized for more than two nights. Dial star 165 hash and join the family. Sanya My Way. No way. My way is a product of my life and empty and momo. Terms and conditions apply. Hannah and Paul have asked their family and friends to join them here today to reaffirm their wedding vows since the first time. Hannah, Paul. You're the tenant of my heart, often behind in the rent, but impossible to evict. Ten years. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't do it any different. Your car breaking down, the lift, meeting you at Auto Chill, and from then on, one chill leading to the other. I have changed my car six times since. But never my air conditioner's dollars, nor you, my wife. <laughs> For expert craftsmanship and impeccable after-sales service, Auto Chill has it all. Auto Chill is located at Lati Junction next to the Washington Bay. Telephone 0243 474 788 or 0244 365 447. Auto Chill. Stay chilled. Kids, it's Singapore time. Yeah. Hundreds of motivated students from across the world will converge in Singapore from the 1st to the 10th of December 2022 for the annual Steam Ahead and Yala Join this exciting edutainment camp for students from 12 to 15 years interested in STEM, arts, and leadership. Camp activities include Disneyland adventures, robotics, and leadership training. Registration deadline is October 30, 2022. Parents and heads of schools, please go to www.ghanaolympiadacademy.com or call 0570-898-762 for more details. It's Singapore time. Welcome on board, kids. Fresh and guamo with all the great delights. Fufu in a flash with koto, yemadie, and akrantie. Almighty gobe with cocoa and eggs. Ish. Crispy fried chicken with rice, pizzas, and whatever else you're looking for. Or need to pay for. Hubtel presents Ghana's most useful app. Hubtel is everything you. 
This is Newsfile here on Joy News. Joy 99.7 FM Love, 99.5 FM in Kumasi. On all our social media platforms, we've got you covered. We're also on myjoyonline.com. Once again, I am Emefa Apau. And as always, Newsfile is brought to you by Bank of Africa. As strong as a group, as close as a partner. MTN. Everywhere you go. Star Assurance, your solid partner. Ashesi University, educating ethical and entrepreneurial leaders for Africa. We have Robert and Sands Optical Services, your comprehensive eye care service provider for 31 years. Fernat Ghana, think wood, think Fernat. We have Duraplast, how you get your water matters. Remember, where Duraplast goes, water flows. St. Thomas Eye Hospital, providing excellence in eye care. We also have Haptel, everything you and also my way insurance just dial star 165 hash on mtn to join many thanks to our sponsors for this i must also say once again that your regular host samson ladia is out of a crowd today on an aspen global leadership fellowship seminar for which reason i've had to sit in for him we are doing this discussion today in two parts i've been talking about uh, the fallout of our imf interaction in washington dc that will be our second topic that we'll be discussing because we've had the fallouts from it where we've seen the guta um, you know shutting down shops temporarily it's been suspended for some time we don't know how long that will happen government is also announcing from the finance ministry statement that we've seen late last night that indeed there's a staff level agreement that could be reached by the end of the year how feasible is that we'll be taking a look at it but we'll start off with the president's president Takofadu's ashanti regional tour as we speak he's in the eastern region his home region for that particular tour but let me introduce my guest for this particular segment for today and i have in the studios with me uh, professor godfred bopping is a professor of finance and economics and also at the university of ghana i also have dr theo echampong joining us via zoom he's a political risk analyst and economist joining us uh, this morning we also have 
Professor Ransford Jampo. He's a professor of political science, University of Ghana, and he deserves to be congratulated. She's a new professor in town. Welcome, Professor Jampo. We also have Dr. Bernard Tutu Boahing. He's a lecturer in marketing, University of Education, Winneba, and also a political marketing consultant, also joining us via Zoom. We have to, talk, we have to uh, put everything in perspective. Uh, we have fallout from that um, tour of the Ashanti region. For the issues that are coming up, we'll get to discuss it much later. But we have some sights and sounds from the Ashanti regional tour. That interview that the president had with Otek, mentioning that your threats don't frighten me. What are the implications of these comments and more? We've seen what happened when he was on Peace FM, the issue about Toby Futi, amongst others. These and more will be discussing after this particular break. Please stay with me. In spite of our present difficulties, which I know will be overcome sooner than later, I continue to be excited about the future prospects of our nation. And I urge all Ghanaians to join hands in building the Ghana we want. We can realize this if we all work at it. And I want to hear Nama and Kekans and Papa and Family Hoas and Jemelu. Baku, 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 Wenina, and him Eba, the Bratse, and Bratse, and Bratse, and then Otra, not that she, but I was on Yami, and Samunia. We were under an IMF program right until 2019. But this man was able to organize the management of our economy in such a way that not only were we able to roll out all these programs in that first year and subsequent years, but our economy's growth was spectacular. Somebody who has been able to do that, why would I say that? I, how do I do that? How do I do that? What, what would be the basis? What is the rationale? It's first which stringent program. This same man was able to manage the affairs of our economy in such a way, sir. The first three, four, four years of my, the four years of my first term, we were one of the fastest growing economies in the world, an average growth rate of 7% a year from the beginnings of an IMF program. Like some of the senior ministers of my government, the agriculture minister is behind me, the, the rules minister is here, the trade minister is there. These are some of the major pillars of my government. My, for me, my, their performance in my first term was excellent. Let me use that word, excellent. And that is why I had very little difficulty. Look at what has happened in our agriculture. That through all of these, in Samaekobinano, there is no shortage of food in Ghana. How are you going to say that a, a, a minister of agriculture who's able to manage things so that 
his basic, well, that's his title, Minister of Food and Agriculture. That the basic mandate he has, no, he's carrying it out well. Then you're going to the back and say, oh, where mean it? Mean it is sad in here. No problem, no problem. You do yeah. it. I'm saying, people make those kind of threats. Mm-hmm. Me, they don't frighten me. Okay. Yeah, somebody votes for you, somebody uh, supports you. It's because they want you to do things for them. I understand that. Uh, there's no need for people to go to my yard and say, I don't want to know what's up. Of course, I'm here. And I'm about to decide what's up. I don't know 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 what's up. I don't Hold your horses. That's the President Okofado in that interview. And um, also earlier, he spoke also at Adeba uh, there in the Ashanti region. I know you're itching uh, to, for us to get talking on this. But let's do this quick break and then we can start talking. Please stay. Why you be vampire when you know they like sunlight? Oh my guy, my eyes, oh my eyes behind the PC problem, oh. in the sun problem. Come on, light bulb, sir. This no matter. Eh? I beg, go Robert and Sons. Mm. Oh yeah, the magic to him, I know correct. Where Robert and Sons sort them out sharp. Now, so so stylish frames in the wrong. <laughs> we go go Robert <laughs> and Sons, right? You know, I was sitting inside proper. For over 25 years, Robert and Sons continues to provide specialist eye care for both adults and children. Locate us at Adabaka, Adenta, Kumasi, Usudangwa, Tema, Weja, and East Legon. Call 050-151-9111. Robert and Sons, seeing is believing. McBrown, and I want to encourage you to dial star 165 hash on MTN to join the My Way family. My Way provides you and a selected family member a cover against death. As a policyholder, you will also have a cover against total permanent disability and hospitalization should you be hospitalized for more than two nights. Dial star 165 hash and join the family. Sanya My Way. My way is a product of my life and MTN Momo. Terms and conditions apply. Hannah and Paul have asked their family and friends to join them here today to reaffirm their wedding vows since the first time. Hannah, Paul. You're the tenant of my heart, often behind in the rent, but impossible to evict. Ten years. 
If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't do it any different. Your car breaking down, the lift, meeting you at Altitude, and from then on, one chill leading to the other. I have changed my car six times since. But never my air conditioner is dullness, nor you, my wife. <laughs> For expert craftsmanship and impeccable after-sales service, AutoChill has it all. AutoChill is located at Lati Junction next to the Washing Bay. Telephone 0243-474-788 or 0244-365-447. AutoChill. Stay chilled. Since inception, almost 100% of Ashesi University students have found jobs, started businesses, or gone on to graduate school within six months of graduation. From Accra to Nairobi, London to New York, Ashesi graduates are noticed, and they are leading successful careers. If you dream of a rewarding life and career, an Ashesi education prepares you for just that. Learn more about applying to Ashesi at www.ashesi.edu.gh. Remember, admission is ongoing. presents Fresh Anguamo with all the great delights. Fufu in a flash with Koto, Yemadie, and Akrantie. Almighty Gobe with Koko and eggs. Ish. Crispy fried chicken with rice, pizzas, and whatever else you're looking for or need to pay for. Hubtel presents Ghana's most useful app. Hubcell is everything you. Welcome back to News File on Joy, 99.7 FM, Joy News. And we started off that whole discussion, at least we are yet to talk, but we've been hearing from President Ekofado and his Ashanti Regional Tour, the issues that have come up. There are those who've been calling for the sacking of um, Finance Minister Ken Ofuriata. Is he actually made it to the top five excellent minister list for President Ekofado? Once again, I'll go through my list, at least. I have top four here as well uh, that will be joining me for this discussion. Godfred Bopping is a professor of finance and economics at the University of Ghana. Dr. Thierry Champong via Zoom is a political risk analyst and economist. I have Brasford Jampo is a professor of political science University of Ghana. I have Dr. Benatu Tubuahin, lecturer in marketing, University of Education, whenever I'm political marketing consultant. Maybe we should test our Zoom uh, sound and be sure. Dr. Thierry Champong, uh, Dr. Tutubuahin, uh, good morning and welcome to Newsfile. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. And in the studio, the two professors <laughs> and the latest professor as well. Yeah. Morning, morning. Good morning. Good Welcome. Morning. Welcome Good to morning. Newsfile. So um, I know that uh, we're talking about the Ashanti Regional Tour to start with, but I know that the four labor unions, the teacher unions, you're still on strike. Um, how is it going? Have we had the response that you were looking for in terms of why we are on the strike? No, we've not had um, any such response. Um, 
you recall that um, we sent letters around that um, our conditions of service um, have been varied to our disadvantage without recourse to us. And who does that? If you want, for whatever reason, you want to vary the condition of service of labor to their disadvantage, um, you do so with consultations or in consultations mm-hmm. with labor. And um, this thing um, was not done. And unilaterally, um, government decided to write that um, some allowances that are due as um, should not uh, should be withdrawn or something like of the mm. sort. And uh, we wrote letters, um, petitions here and there. We wrote to National Labour Commission. National Labour Commission summoned the government side to um, ensure that the writing is done, but the government side ignored the National Labour Commission. And so we decided to lay down our tools. And um, National Labour Commission called us. And as usual, mm-hmm. um, before we went there, we knew that they would say that, look, you guys should call off your strike. And so um, we were prepared for them. They said that, and they asked the government side to further engage us. We've been engaging with the government side. Clearly, uh, if you look at their posturing and their responses, they are not willing to um, accept our demand. We are not, not because they are unreasonable demands. Well, are they? well no, no, no. I mean, okay. it's, it's something you don't, if for whatever reason you want to vary an employee's conditions of service to his or her disadvantage, you consult. You don't use that kind of buga buga takashi strategy to do that. Because of what? Because today you are occupying a position of trust of today you are in power and we are teachers. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Regardless of the position you hold, we taught you. And so you have no right to come and bully anybody. And we are not going to allow that. Mm-hmm. And so um, National Labor Commission um, directed that, well, they sh- we should engage. I don't understand that ruling. We should engage people who are unengageable, people who are not willing. I mean, in our discussions with them, we made overtures. We made sacrifices. We even said that... If for some reason, we know times are hard, we are not a bunch of irresponsible or um, 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 insensitive um, people. We are teachers, That's we are how parents. You come across. That's how no. you come across. No, no, no. We are parents. You, you have no idea the concessions that we made. We even went to the stand of telling them that if you can't pay, stop paying, but let us have, let's defer payment okay. to a certain date. Even that one, they didn't want to budge. And then you are telling us to go engage them. Well, the National Executive Committee of the Labor Unions have met mm-hmm. and they've decided, they've taken certain decisions. I am sure by the close of day to day, those decisions will be made public. Okay. And well, the point is that we are still where we are. Mm. Well, that's an issue that I'm sure much later we'll delve into it. But, Professor Buckling, uh, I know you've made calls over the period about the finance minister's stance or his status as the finance minister. For you, you feel that his sacking or resignation will turn things around. You've heard the president in the Ashanti region in that interview. He actually makes the top five list. Excellent minister in the first term. It doesn't look like there will be a sacking. You will not get what you're asking for. Well, um, good morning. And good morning to our cherished listeners and viewers. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate because we are, we are in crisis. If there's anything more than crisis, perhaps that's what you could use. And therefore, you would expect that leadership would respond appropriately. Sometimes it matters that you sacrifice somebody so close, mm-hmm. right? Because if the president will be mindful 
of what is happening even across the investor base, home and abroad, you could see that they are already discounting the leadership of the finance minister. Right. So part of leadership is to pick that right signal where you say that, okay, I've gotten to the stage where I need to trade off loyalty. I need, to, I, need to, I need to trade off personal interest for the common good. If this is what would do the trick, why not? Because mm-hmm. it's done everywhere. It's done in, in times like this, right? And that would just be the starting point. The, what we are asking for is actually beyond just asking the finance minister to go. Mm-hmm. Ghana has gotten to the stage where an IMF-supported program is not enough. And all that we are doing now is just to wait for what will happen from the IMF negotiation. Come on, the IMF is not here to govern this country, right? So the necessary governance reforms that we need to initiate, and we must do that regardless of whether an IMF program is in place or not, right? Because, because reforms are more effective when they are bundled together and reinforce each other. Okay, so, and, and we'll get there. Mm-hmm. The, they have no moral rights to ask Ghanaians to take a haircut or investors to take a haircut when they have kept their hair on. It makes no sense. And, and we, we can do the permutation and say, look, we know Cote d'Ivoire took a decision to reduce the number of ministers from 41 to 32. What is so special about Ghana? Right? We can do that and free our space rather than loading the haircuts on ordinary people who perhaps did not contribute to the mess. That's the point that we are talking about. Look, and data exists to suggest that the size of government in Ghana is negatively affecting growth. Mm. That's very clear. So some level of restructuring, some level of reshuffling and downsizing the government and looking at it also across state-owned enterprises, right? A lean government is the best response when you don't have fiscal space. And look, if you look at our own baseline, debt sustainability, we know where Ghana is. The important question is, what do you have to do in order to crawl back to a sustainable level is going to be painful, right? That's the state where we are. But for him, for him, reshuffling, calling for a reshuffling, for reshuffling's sake, is not the way to go for him. It's not for reshuffling's sake. There's an end to that. You just look at what the market, look at the reaction from the market. The the, the city, okay, the free fall, right? And, And if you're looking at it that, look, and it doesn't suggest that merely checking the box that we have a program in place, the CD will just resurrect its work. That comes with confidence. You need to start that. Okay, so confidence is wounded. Faith in the government is, is, is impaired. You need to do something. It's not, it's not like just doing it for the sake of it. We've been talking about this thing right from the second term of the president. You made a case that size matters given the, the enormity of the challenges that you inherited, and therefore more hands will be needful. But clearly, after the first term, you could see that size really didn't make a significant difference. So in your second term, probably the people who supported you made their political investment, four years of political returns, probably it's enough. And said, so guys, this is a time to leave a legacy. If you are not thinking about legacy right now, when do you want to do that? Because where we are now, four years, if you look at the debt sustainability, if you want to crawl back and say you look at it from the fiscal adjustment pathway, you are looking at recording a fiscal, uh, primary surplus of about 8% and more within the next four years. 
that's going to be painful. That would be hard for anybody to take. And the signal already has been sent by labor unions across the different occupational groups. That is the challenge with IMF itself. That's the challenge with our development partners. To what extent would Ghanaians embrace this austerity? Right? So there's one level saying that this is what we want to do. There's another level saying that it's going to be accepted. How do you package it in a way that it will not cause social unrest? Right? And disintegrate society? Mm. Because, of, because we are looking at implementing an austerity in an environment where inflation has already dwarfed returns on people's investment, mm -hmm. right? Wages have failed to track surge in prices, right? Inflation has practically dwarfed the purchasing power of households, right? Across all the layers, you see inflationary pressures that have become entrenched and practically undermining the credibility built around Bank of Ghana's price stability objective. You look at all these things and you just can't say we are waiting for an IMF program. Okay, well, that's um, for the second part where we would delve in deeper into this IMF situation. But the times that we are in and the posturing of the president in terms of that interview, the things that he said in the interview uh, when it comes to the calls that people have made in the times that we are in, mentioning that there's a lot that has been done and those detractors will be put to shame mm -hmm. amongst others and the fact that just calling for reshuffle is not just the way to go but uh, prof the issue about the posturing the tone do you think that the president went according to script <laughs> well <laughs> i i watched and i listened to um, him you know there are many challenges that um, would have to be tackled in developing um, countries some of these challenges are institutionalized negative norms that would have to be dismantled mm. and um, they include for instance the fight against fighting galamsey okay reading the city of hawkes mm -hmm. dismantling or destroying buildings that have been built on waterways etc et i mean these things are challenges that we tend to impose on ourselves in trying to fix these challenges, you would receive threats from voters and from people. Mm -hmm. When you are doing the right thing in fixing these challenges and you receive threats, you are expected to be bold, to look into the people's face and to tell them that your threats do not unfaze me. And that's the reason why I was happy that in his first term, when he was fighting Galamse, the president said, I'm prepared to put my presidency on the line. If you ask the Greater Accra Regional Minister, he's faced several threats in his bid to get the people of Medina and Adenta to use the footbridge and all that. I mean, there were threats, but he could look into their face boldly and tell them that, look, your threats do not unsettle me, they don't unfaze me. Mm -hmm. That is, so at, at a certain point in time, leadership would have to be very bold and call the bluff of people who would want to stampede them with threats of voting against, them, no, voting against them, okay. um, should they do the right thing. But you do not call the bluff of voters when they are disappointed. You cannot say your threats do not unfaze me when clearly things that were promised to be done have not been done in a manner that can tangibly be felt. You do not um, call the bluff those who enthroned you when clearly they are living in a certain economic miserization. 
You, you, don't, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, because if you do that, they get disappointed. In times of crisis, the, the one who is expected to steer us out of that crisis is always listened to. And as people listen to, they expect you to sound presidential, not debative or combative. They expect you to sound suiting and conciliatory. They expect you to say certain words that will bring all of us together, rally all of us behind you. You see, we cannot tackle our challenges without all of us coming together to appreciate the challenges that confront us and say, well, we offer support. So you don't have to make any comments like that, that people would interpret as divisive or combative and all that. So I was quite surprised when the president um, did that. And unfortunately, um, to my mind, he fell for the trap of arrogance that is oftentimes set by the mere exercise of unbridled power. Okay, Lord Acton said, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And so if a president has exercised power for a long time without countervailing mechanisms that check the exercise of power, it gets into your head. And so sometimes uh, when you are pushed a little, you may fall for the trap of arrogance that is set by the near unbridled exercise of power. And it satisfies what he did. Yes, truly, he tried to explain um, went on to um, say that whatever would have to be done, he would do. But mm -hmm. if you still look at the tone um, that he used in going about it, it's satisfied that can saying that you see, Abuano, if you didn't chena nisunko and ejano so I said, if the trap catches a rat, it cries differently from uh, from it, well, when it is um, released and all that. So I was a bit um, saddened, and you see. It also has, that statement also has the potency to douse or undermine the future electoral fortunes of the party that brought him into office. Uh, because there is an impression, you see, he is the head of the party now, and there's an impression that, look, Vientiubia uh, is smacking of some dead goat syndrome. You know how dead goat syndrome worked against John Mahama and his party. Okay, so um, if such utterances are not tamed, if they are not guarded and they keep recurring, then in my view, the party may have to consider rescuing itself from the government or delinking itself from the government because the exit of a president should not spell political doom for the party but is that, that birthed the presidency. Is that possible? Well, there is a party that keeps saying they want to break the eight. And if you want to break the eight, and there are utterances coming from the head of the party, that shows that, well, we don't care, we are almost on our way out. And so whatever threats you issue do not unfaze me. I mean, it would it would have a certain effect on the psyche of voters. Already I've heard that those, com the community that, um, within which the president said this, I mean, yes, they've issued a statement that they will take yeah. a second look at their relationship with the party and all that. And so the party that is interested in breaking the aid must not sit down because as for the president, he is on his way out. And so they must think about, if I'm saying, if this continues, maybe... His advisors would speak to him and then make sure 
that um, next time, even if he has to speak extempore, he would have certain blueprints that would guide the way and manner he would have to speak. This is not what, this is not a president of Nakufuadu um, that I know. I mean, we know pres the president as somebody coming into our home to talk about, to address us as fellow Ghanaians. Okay, when in the days of fellow Ghanaians, he sounded so presidential, and just his words and declarations carried a certain force of law. Don't do this. Don't do that. And people obeyed. Okay? And so in times of crisis, we are in crisis. You expect the president, you see, the minimum that he can do is to come into our homes again and to address us in that sober tone so that we are all at ease with ourselves. We all appreciate the challenges that we face. And then you speak to us in a manner that makes us feel like, yes, we can. Let's, let's work together. This is not a time for you to be going about. If, in the first place, you see, the president has a right to tour um, the regions, mm -hmm. to see what's going on. He has a right to do so as the chief executive you know, of the country. But timing matters. Okay, we are in hardship. We are going through difficulties. And so this is not the time for the display of a certain opulence. If, you, if the president you get a sense is going, that that's what is happening. If the president is going, he has an is entourage. Is that not a way of touching base with the no, people no, no. as well? Not, this is not a time. You have an entourage of so many land cruisers and V8s, over 20 of them. They are all going to be fooled by the state. This is not a time to do that. This is a time for us to have do an introspection and to be brainstorming on, on how or what can be done to surmount the problems that you know confront us. As Buckman was saying, I had also penciled it down. The IMF can certainly not be a panacea to our woes. Mm -hmm. And it appears that in our country we have a certain one-way propagandistic stomach direction approach to solving every problem. When we were so, um, passing, we wanted to pass the E-Levy, mm -hmm. it was presented to us as the panacea to our woes. And then we had it and then realized that that was not a solution. Now we are creating an impression as if going to the IMF is a panacea. But if you go to the IMF and you do not cut the size of your government, if you go to the IMF and we continue to encourage wastage in the system, if you go to the IMF and we mine our gold and get only 5% royalties, if you go to the IMF and then we export, we explore our our, our um, oil, and we get just about 13%. We are not able to renegotiate. To get, Gaddafi was taking 70%. Said the oil belongs to us. If you won't give us 70%, let the oil be buried in the, in the soil. So if we can't do all these things, and then we think that we are just going to borrow and that will be the solution, then we have lost it as okay. a nation. Okay, let me bring in uh, Dr. Theo Champon here. He's also a political risk analyst on this. Should we not get to a point where citizens ought not to be threatening leaders with votes amongst others? Or do you also get the sense that in the president's speech or in that interview, he seems overwhelmed by the current crisis or situation that we're in, such that he won't take threats at this time? Look, um, uh, good morning, uh, MFR and everyone. And both the two professors and yourself have actually used uh, a number of key phrases, one of which is that we are in crisis. And there's a crisis of confidence 
across all facets of our Ghanaian um, social and economic life. Um, and that crisis is also then manifesting to an extent um, in the frustrations that people um, are manifesting uh, on the streets. And when the president goes uh, about touring, uh, people saying, well, if you don't do our road or if you don't do our hospital or things like that, then we may not, you know, uh, vote for you. Because part of the reasons why they voted for a change in government in 2016 and maintained this government in 2020 as well was that there's a certain expectation that the problems that they face and the challenges that they face would be uh, resolved. But where we are now with this major crisis of confidence that we have across our social and particularly in our uh, economic life, which is manifesting in a rapidly depreciating um, uh, currency, which is manifesting in high inflation, which is manifesting in high taxes, which is manifesting in high interest rate, but also above all, the fact that we're living beyond our means and have borrowed, you know, pretty much excessively over the years with very little to show for, then you begin to see a lot of that frustration by citizens and wanting more from their elected representatives. What I expected the government or the president to have done for me was to have probably been a little bit more sober in terms of the, the response. Yeah. And not this, it came across as being a little bit nonchalant, you know, that, okay, yeah, we are here and like, we don't care. You can vote us out in that, in that regard. Um, but I think we've seen the president speak to us, particularly I recall during the COVID crisis when he came to our homes and he spoke to us, and I wrote it down, like Prof said, and spoke to us, fellow Ghanaians, this is what we're doing. I think we are at the time where the president must address the nation. The president needs to speak to all of us forthrightly about the challenges that we face and about what they're doing to get us out of it. Because amidst all of this crisis, there's also some sort of information vacuum, or you may even call it a policy vacuum, where that is feeding to an extent into even some of the issues of what we're seeing with the exchange rate. And we need somebody to speak to us in a more sort of credible and tangible manner. Unfortunately, I don't think that it's the finance minister that can do it because he's lost uh, a bit of that sort of um, credibility within the markets and within the players, within the sort of a financial uh, ecosystem. And as far back as uh, several weeks ago, I and several others have actually said that the finance minister must go. And not because we don't like the finance minister, but because some serious policy mistakes have been made. One on E-Levy, um, number two on the fact that he himself said that philosophically he doesn't support us going to the IMF and, and all of us and all those negotiations. So if it's something that you don't want to do and you're fundamentally against, then why are you the one leading us and driving that negotiation? If I were him, I would have resigned. No two ways about that, right? So in the midst of all of this policy vacuum and the policy signaling and the fact that many market players don't really um, put that much weight to the word of the finance minister, I think the president 
should step in and address the nations and, and speak to us on the issues that we face, but also what they're trying to do to get us out of uh, this mess, which includes, of course, the IMF program that is being uh, negotiated. And then beyond that, I agree that the IMF is not the panacea. It's not what is going to um, uh, fix the governance issues that we have. But at least in the short to medium term, it will go a long way in terms of helping us gain policy credibility. That's what I think it should happen. But the urgent thing is for the president to address the nation. Mm. But in his communication, does it tell you that it's a situation that he has under control, for instance, also the issue about the implications for the NPP as a party? Do you get the sense that he cares at this point? I, I think every president would care. He is the supreme leader of the, of the country. Some of the messaging and some of the posturing, it looks like the events of the last few months have sort of taken over a number of the conversations, i.e. Russia, Ukraine, i.e. the current challenges, i.e. the inflation, i.e. the fact that the Bank of Ghana um, is struggling with its monetary policy tools to, to bring down inflation and all of that. So there's a lot of um, issues that have come to the fore at around the same time. But that's why we actually elect leadership. And leadership is meant to solve and address these issues, both in the good and both in the bad. And I think the president would want to care. Um, but it looks as though the messaging, like I talk about this information vacuum or policy vacuum, there seems to be a disconnect in terms of that care and how that is being expressed to the citizens of the country. Because even if things are tough, even things are bad, the fact that the president can speak to us and speak to us saying that we understand your concerns. We're trying to do something about it. You know, give us a little bit of time to find. That alone will go a long way to help assuage some of the frustrations and some of the fears that we currently are experiencing. But if it comes across like we don't care, it comes across like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit nonchalant in that regard, then unfortunately that politically can actually be quite, you know, negative uh, for uh, the chances of the party. Mm. Well, Dr. Tutumai, you've also monitored um, everything that was said by the president whilst in the Ashanti region, the World Bank of the NPP. Do you think that the president would have made these comments eight years ago? All right. Um, good morning. Um, good morning to my two professors at the studio, and good morning to um, to you. Yeah, I think that um, the key words, you know, that need to be um, used in with regards to my comment has been um, well articulated in the studio and by you. But for me, um, I think that eight years ago, um, I don't think the president would have make such a comment um, with evidence um, on his um, campaign tour in Ashanti region, in Volta region, in the north, and um, other parts of the country. The president consistently was begging for votes, you know. And I think that 
with that, it gave him that credibility, you know, as um, uh, someone who was humble, you know, and that when he comes into power, he's going to, um, you know, be there for the people. Um, but recent utterances, including the recent one in, in Kumasi and Ashanti region, for me, I think that um, the president has lost it. And it didn't actually bugger well, you know, for, for his large followers, you know, um, within the political markets. Um, the idea that, you know, um, he's not going to reshuffle and that um, the fact that there are certain ministers who have done extremely well to his expectation. Excellent. Um, for me, from a... Yeah, excellent, yeah. Um, for me, from a political marketing point of view, I don't see that because, you see, a manufacturer will develop a product, but that product is not going to be used by that same manufacturer. It is going to be used by consumers. And so when it comes to the issue of determining quality, um, excellence, you know, it is not something that, you know, the manufacturer himself, you know, can determine it for the consumer because... The consumer has his or her expectation, and that becomes the point of measurement. So um, the president is talking about reshuffle, reshuffle, and then we define reshuffle in his own words, you know, without considering um, um, the, 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 the voter who voted him into power. Then, of course, I think that, you know, the president more or less is practicing what we call in political marketing as product orientation. And that is not good because um, it is it is it is something that suggests that you know the president is so much you know um, concerned about himself and 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 that of um, his 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 mentality and I think that that didn't actually go well with with us because you see um, um, how do you call it the ministers and their performance and deliveries, their mm -hmm. outputs. You know, the voter is, a, is, is that person who is, is going to receive the output of the, the, the ministers. And it is not the president, it is not the ministers. And so um, within this space, what we are um, experiencing with regards to um, what is happening in the market, you go to market today, um, prices of goods and services have gone up. And every day there seems to be a price increases. Of course, the president will not feel it. Of course, minister, the ministers will not feel it, um, looking at where they stand. But the ordinary Ghanaian on the street, you know, is going to feel it so much in his pocket. All right. So I think that being described, you know, uh, in the past as, as, as a listening president um, and coming back, to say some of these things. I mean, I think that that one didn't really go well with us. Okay. And um, I also, yeah, I also want to uh, make this point. I uh, see um, in in the president's definition of reshuffle, mm -hmm. he asks a question as to whether um, it is it is some other people who want him, you know, to change his ministers. To me, I think that uh, it, it sounded too political. It sounded to a particular direction. And I think that that is not the issue. 
And I also believe that, you see, from where he stands, um, for about, as Professor Bobkin said, you know, we have been calling, or people have been calling for a change in government um, after after the, um, the the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. And, you see, it is not because the president feels that his ministers are performing well, all right, but the call is coming from the people, but not from, you know, he himself. And I think that if he is going to listen and he's going to do that, then no one puts the blame on him when, when there's a failure, all right? Because if customers are saying that we want, this is the nature of product that we want you to develop for us, and then you do it, and something happens, okay? It is, it is, the, it is the consumer that takes the, the blame, but not you, the manufacturer, all right? So um, what I'm trying to say is that we put you there as presidents. We have elected ministers that we are working with. And people are saying that we don't want these ministers. Change them. Right? So when you change them and things that don't work, then of course we will understand that you have done your part. Our suggestion didn't work. So now we leave you to work the way you want to work. But for you to show that kind of um, position, telling us that you don't see anything wrong with what um, your ministers are doing and okay. therefore you're not going to change them. Okay. I think that that's one. It's okay. not. It's not really in a good place. Okay. So on yeah. the on the minister's note, um, thank you, Doctor Tutubwahing. The the excellent five. That's uh, the trade minister Alan Chermanting. We have the roads minister Amakwata. We have um, Ken Ofoyata, the finance minister, which we've been talking about. We have Akutwefie Agrik, and then we have Bafuwa, Admissions Bafuwa. Um, employment and labor relations. To the extent that these are key ministries, he says, in the first term, they have performed excellently. Then how come we are where we are today? Do you agree that these are top five, indeed, in terms of... Let me take a little bite on Mm -hmm. that. You see, first of all, I don't know whether it will be controversial, but you see, in my view, this is a certain tacit endorsement for one or two of the frontrunners of the MPP presidential um, uh, uh, flag bearership, you know, race, um, that, in my mind, evens out the president's rumored support for the vice president. I mean, to the extent that he's named Alan Sherman thing. And then, um, I'm asked for a free Akuto, I don't want to talk about, but Alan Sherman thing. I'm mentioning him as one of the best of his ministers. I think that is a certain endorsement um, that evens out his rumored support for um, the vice president. So he mentioned five. And I'm, I am a bit surprised mm-hmm. that, you see, the man who has kept the only palpable signature project of the president running has not made the list. I am surprised. Dr. Duchum, Ministry of Education. And then it is Napo who has also kept Ghana switched on up till now without doing so. He's also not made the list. So I'm, I am wondering how come he was able to do his judgment. But let's talk about a broader picture of representation. You see, there are several theories of representation. One is called the mandate model of representation. The mandate model of representation could suggest that, you see, in the lead up to election, a flag bearer goes about campaigning mm-hmm. and marketing a certain 
program or policy ideas to the people. If the people buy into these programs and based on that they vote for you, then we say you have the mandate to govern. Now, when you have a mandate to govern, it's not the people who will tell you who should be in your ministries or who should be appointed as ministers and who should be raised up. It's not the people. What is important is that you've sold a certain idea to the people, and all that we are looking for is for those ideas to be realized. However you form your government or how, whatever you do, we shouldn't care. That is under the mandate model of representation. And so, to that extent, I can, I, I can see where the president is coming from. That look, It's not you who will be telling me who I should put and who I should, who I should replace and who I should reshuffle, who I should sack, um, um, sack and who I should maintain. It's not you who will tell us. But beyond the mandate model of representation, given that the activities of the appointees, given that these activities directly impact on the lives of the ordinary people mm -hmm. and not necessarily on the life of the president. The ordinary people also have the right to demand or to make certain um, statements or make certain demands on the president for reshuffle and for changes to be made to his government because we are the direct beneficiaries. Uh, beneficiaries, you know, of whatever these appointees do. And so that is where you expect the president who is supposed to be a listening president to to see that it can never be true that all Ghanaians are wrong and he the president alone is right don't forget that this call for reshuffle and people to be uh, made to step down and all that is not coming from I find it difficult when people want to say that it's coming only from the opposition. Mm -hmm. Civil society leaders have made such calls too. And some people within the president's academia, own party, even also. people within the president's own party have, mm -hmm. have made this um, call. Some are making this call publicly. Some, including people within his party, are making this call privately. We are friends to them. With them, and so we hear what they say privately. They, they they talk about all these things that the president will have to reshuffle. And so I keep wondering why is the president not reshuffling? Is and it because he has is a it because team. no no is it it's because, a winning team? No, no, I not, change a winning team. I don't think they've won yet. You see, okay. is it because there is something there that would have to be covered up in perpetuity? Is it because they lie to us that they had the men? yet they didn't have the men. I keep asking myself these questions. But the president must know, and all Ghanaians must know, that failure to reshuffle, okay, is tantamount to the president's unnecessary dissipation of the limited human resources we have that can be brought on board to help steer us out of the quagmires in which we find ourselves. We have, if we, if we truly, you cannot tell me that Mr. Kenufuyata is the best finance minister that Ghana would ever produce. Or within Ghana at the moment, there is nobody in the MPP who can run our finances better than him. Okay, so there are brains, they said they have the men, so they know. There are mm. brains, there are talents that are going waste. And I'm saying that. Tomorrow or someday to come, somebody should be able to test, it, test this at a court, suing the president for causing financial loss to the state 
for not bringing on board the brains and talents that could have been brought on board to help steer us, navigate us, you know, through the crisis um, we find ourselves. Mm. Why are we wasting them? The people within the... And sometimes my heart bleeds. When you meet them behind the scenes, they are complaining. Look, we all can help. The president is not bringing us on board. So you people should, you should, quote and unquote, talk some for us. I said, but why can't you also make this public? Well, the president is making it look as if it is some people, I mean, in this part of the world, when you criticize, they say you, you don't like the president. I've had so many people calling, why do you hate the president? I don't hate the president. I mean, I've maintained a certain position. I am a political scientist. I'm supposed to play the role of a referee. If it is right, we comment. Mm. If it is wrong, we say it. And I'm saying that failure to reshuffle at the moment Okay, it's tantamount to a needless dissipation of the limited human resource that we have that can be able to be brought, uh, to, uh, to be brought on board to help us navigate our way out of the quagmas of economic miserizations mm. which we find ourselves. Okay, but people have mentioned, at least we know that you have constantly mentioned Ken Ferreira, for instance. I've added the trade, roads, agric, and then labor. But Let's stay on Ken just a little bit. What really will change if he goes? Well, a lot will change. Um, it's the signal. The signal that you send. You know, when, when confidence is wounded, the way we have it, you want to send every step you take, you want to send the right signal that cross back. Did confidence. he directly wound that confidence? Yes. Okay. Um, but the contest magnifies what we are talking about. An IMF program, the big U10, and, and you can see so far, there's a certain implicit position mm. that government has also delayed in terms of the role they could have played in fast-tracking the program. The call was made on 1st July. It took government so long in putting eight house in order. And if you look at the speed with which the IMF responded to that call, the call was made on 1st July. Five days or so, the IMF had dispatched a team to the country. It was as though they had bought their ticket already and they were just waiting, right? Subsequent to that, if you look at the number of visits, and you see that they themselves recognize a certain level of urgency about the situation that is not safe here from the managers of the economy. Then I also tell you something. The two dominant sides to the economy, the monetary and physical. So if you look at the way Bank of Ghana has responded over the, the period, of course, the timing and all of that, you see a certain recognition that something has to be done. And within what they could do, you see what they have done mm -hmm. in terms of positioning the policy rate to eliminate demand-related inflationary pressures. But all this while, the fiscal side has been silent. And that silence is so loud that the market is discounting it, right? That has more to do with the, with, with, with the, with the one who is in charge of the finance uh, ministry. That's a lot. You know, sometimes the way the market reacts about some of these things that there may be people at the finance ministry who really are on top of it and could do better, but there's, there's a head. 
And I think where, where we have reached, it would have been more meaningful if the president would take, that, would take advantage of the situation and say that, you know what, this is needful. It is possible you could come back in another form, but within this particular uh, uh, contest, I think this is what will best serve us. What you see playing out is some level of expectation gap between what the citizens want the president to do and what the president thinks that we deserve, sort of, right? And that's why he has marked them. He, mm. he has passed them. What do you think the president thinks that citizens deserve at this point? from everything you've heard him say so far, what's your thinking? I think to, to give them excellent mark pass, I think it's more or less like telling us we don't, we don't understand what is going on. We are unappreciative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, are nothing, we are maybe ungrateful or something. That is not to say that these ministers haven't done well. To be very honest, Ken has done his part. And if Ken leaves today, I think uh, we, to some extent there are things we can link him to in terms of how far we have come. Nobody is saying he has done poorly and all of that, but I think where we've gotten to, we need something beyond what he brings on the table. Mm. And also given um, uh, the fact that we are going into an IMF program, even the technical rigor to operate at that level, I don't think Ken is up to it. That's more than investment banking. Mm. Right. Talking about an IMF program, talking about fiscal sustainability, talking about the fiscal adjustment that you need to do and to communicate at that level. I think that um, we need to, you know, we've been there before. And if you look at what the president um, is going through, we've had leaders who have also gone through that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they reacted so differently mm -hmm. from what the president has done. Right. We saw what happened during. Uh, President Mohammed's time and all of that. But then again, you also see something similar playing out. 2014, when we had to go to the fund, his finance minister wasn't too keen about going to the fund, yeah. right? But the president made a call. That team was led by Professor Kwesi Botri, right? Mm -hmm. And all of that. So I was thinking that the president would have adopted a similar approach, right? And said that, okay, given your posture and all of that, and the fact that the market itself is not comfortable with you. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Mm -hmm. There are statements and assurances that the finance minister has given to the market that turn out to be exactly the opposite. And that's not good for the market. Perhaps exactly. something similar was what caused Kwesi in the UK, right? Um, at the beginning of the year, when the government announced their enhanced homegrown policies and everything, they were given the assurance that some $2 billion was going to be arranged in addition to the AFISM loan. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened. The minister was so bullish about how E-Levy was going to deliver on our revenue envelope. The variance was more than 80%. Come on. Okay, so, and then if you look at, you know, something happened, and I think we, we, we can forgive the president, but I'm looking at the finance minister here, if you look at the MPP and how they make projections, they normally under project and they would like to exceed and make news about it, even Kenke Party or whatever, right? But then you look at the 2022 budget and you see government projections, macro level targets. And, you, and two, three months down the line, it's like they were dead on arrival, right? You look at inflation target 8% with a symmetrical rate of 2%. Look at where inflation 
is now. So you look at how much revenue they said they could raise from e-levy. So when you, when you see this and you analyze that critically, that was what we said at the beginning of the year, once the budget was presented, that no, this budget was not sufficient enough to give assurance to investors that there is a clear fiscal sustainability path. And if, when you see that way, you need an external anchor. And they should have made a call to the fund long ago. If they had done that, probably inflation wouldn't have been where it is right now. And you see, when you see prices head up to where it is, it's very difficult bringing it down. And that's consistent with economic theory. Mm. Prices are upwardly flexible and downwardly sticky, right? So don't expect that once the CD crosses those base drifts, you expect that the CD is going to recover its loss value to about six or seven or no? No, no, no. That's like asking fish to climb a tree where we find ourselves right now. Okay. So if you look at all these things, you are looking at it that okay, beyond an IMF program, what is it that as a president I need to do right now in order to rally the people behind? And that is what we needed the president to do. If you don't do that, there is no way you'll be able to announce that austerity that is coming to Ghanaians. You would rather want to use a face shield, right? See whether you can get civil society where you can get some people to do all of that. But we need the president to talk to us. We need government to reach out to, to Ghanaians. That moral command that the president needs in order to come to our homes as fellow Ghanaians, you must end that. You need to create that. And the good way to do so, countries, sometimes leaders do serious reshuffle as a game, right, to win the confidence of the people. Mm. You understand? And if, if you see right now, the economic fundamentals necessarily do not justify the continuous stay of the finance. So if you ask him to go, we will not lose anything. You have been at least interacting when it comes to um, the sector. What does the confidence look like in terms of for the ordinary person, for the people that we engage? We'll get into the IMF discussion mm. proper shortly, but the confidence levels, what does yeah. it look like? It's very low. The market is concerned. There are rumors of austerity. There are rumors of uh, debt restructuring, mm -hmm. haircuts in whatever form, right? So there's some level of uneasiness, right? And if you see in the market, you can see that some people are already reacting mm -hmm. to that uncertainty by seeking early redemption of their investment. And they're already taking a deep haircut. If you look at the discount that has yeah. been accommodated, to some extent, you can see that even before a formal announcement, it's like we are taking advantage of each other mm. right now. And that's not helpful. Okay. And that tells you there's a leadership deficit. Okay. In wrapping up, uh, Dr. Theo Champong, so uh, we've been talking about the top five excellent ministers who've been manning these key ministries. Um, looking at the performance, uh, we've seen a Greek, um, I think, I think issues about planting for food and jobs. Uh, we've seen uh, employment and labor relations. He made it to the top as well. Roads. Uh, Mwakwata also made it. Alan Chemans in trade. And then also Almighty Ken Ofuriata. Does that look like an excellent team for an excellent performance, you'd say? If the way I answer it is this. If the team is excellent across the world, Ghanaians would feel it and they would appreciate it. And they would then say, um, well done for what you've done. But currently... With where we are now, we're talking almost 40% inflation. You're talking over 50% depreciation of the exchange rate, you know, year to date. You're talking about, you know, potentially people struggling to uh, get access to, to their monies. We're talking about the potential debt restructuring and all, all of those things. These things are affecting people's bread and butter livelihoods, right? 
So to that extent, I cannot sit here on the basis of those outcomes and say, you know, all the ministers uh, or those five across the board, you know, have done uh, ex excellently. Um, I, I think clearly the messaging from Ghanaians and the messaging from uh, a lot of even investors in the economy is that we do have some sort of confidence deficit or a crisis of confidence. And the signaling that the government or the, minute the president needs to send is to, one, speak to the nation, but number two, also change some of the ministers, in my view, starting with the, with the finance minister. You know, Prof was talking about the level of uneasiness within the system mm. and the idea that a lot of investors have even already started to price in some potential, you know, um, restructuring or, um, in, in their numbers. And you can actually see that if you look at the um, Bank of Ghana's latest numbers, right, uh, the summary of the uh, economic um, and um, statistical data, if you look at the external sector data on the um, balance of payments, there are two things that goes into that, the current account and then the capital and the financial account. Just purely on the capital and the financial account, as of June, right, this year, it was actually down, the deficit was about 1.4 billion USD, almost 1.9% of GDP. This is people more or less moving some of their monies or portfolio investments out of the system because of this sort of uneasiness or expectation about some of the, you know, debt restructuring and, and things like that, that, that is to come. If you look at foreign direct investment as well, the numbers are down on a year-by-year -year basis, and our overall balance of payments is moved from a positive of $2.3 billion a year ago in June of 2021. Now we're talking a negative of minus $2.5 billion USD. So... Nobody needs to tell us. You can see this within the market. You can see this also in terms of how ordinary Ghanaians are feeling it when it comes to the cost of living, inflation, and all of that. And, and to that extent, I, I don't think that the, the ministers, some have, but not all of them, have done their job as expected. And mm -hmm. I think to, to send the right signal, and we saw this this week, in the UK here where I'm based, the Prime Minister was given the sack. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, the Finance Minister, was also given the sack purely because of some of those policy mistakes that, that, that were made. And, you know, we, we cannot be oblivious to, to, to these uh, considerations. Okay. Well, that's uh, Dr. Theo Champong on that. So uh, finally, Dr. Tutubwane, uh, on the banana on this, let's um, just in wrapping up this particular discussion. We know that there will be more tours. As we speak, the president is in the eastern region, and we don't know where it's next, but we are going to see a, a lot more of these tours and, of course, the touting as well. Uh, going forward, what would you expect uh, will be the posturing uh, such that... Uh, it will build that confidence whilst we wait for the fellow Ghanaians that you're all asking for. Um, what should be the posturing going forward, you'd say, also to benefit the fortunes of the NPP? Yeah, so, I mean, if, um, again, I think that um, 
the, the, the two professors and uh, Dr. Thieu and myself, you all agree to the fact that, you know, um, the president is actually exhibiting some um, level of um, attitude which um, Daniels are not really um, comfortable with. Um, one which suggests that um, he, he appears to be a bit confused with whatever is happening around him. And he's not also comfortable with, you know, the, the, the response he's getting from his own people. Um, but I think that um, as a leader, you know, you need to be calm in, in such situations, um, especially, you know, when you are dealing with <laughs> issues relating to COVID-19 and the um, Ukraine, uh, Russia war and stuff, you know, which um, appears to be putting a lot of load on, on, on your government. Um, so he, he he should stay calm so that you know he can he can communicate some level of confidence, you know, uh, and trustworthiness, you know, into, into into us so that we may also follow. But if he gets himself confused and begins to throw jabs left, right, center, you know, hitting the people hard, I think that the re- the reaction is going to be uh, very negative in 2024. And, and uh, again, you know, the party's image with regards to um, um, what, um, how MPP has been positioned in the minds of people is, 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 is equally going to be affected. And I think that if the president has said, you know, um, once, you know, um, that he's going to make sure that he hands over um, the, the leadership mantle to, to the next MPP government that is um, breaking the eight, then I think that um, his communication, you know, should be something that he needs to um, actually look at and, 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 and be thoughtful about. Um, not just to say that um, he will put his personal sentiments or emotions ahead of his communication, but again, he needs to um, look at what the people are saying and, and also, you know, put it in a better context than, than um, showing um, signals that he doesn't really care about the people, um, which actually defeats you know, the, the perception that has been created with, with his attempt to address COVID-19. You know, um, as we, we all agree to, um, fellow Ghanaians, is something that, you know, got into our heads. You know, we were, we were all proud of him. And, and some articles that I read actually said that the president has done well with regards to um, bringing hope and confidence, you know, to the people of um, this country. But okay. if it gets to this level and, and it appears that you are going back and claiming whatever, you know, successes that you have taught, then I think that it, didn't, it doesn't also um, go well with us. Okay. Uh, but I think that he has, he has his own promises before him. He has, he has made a promise to the party. He has made a promise to the people of this country. And I think that that, is, that should be his focus, all right? Else, then, of course, nothing should be expected uh, in 2024. Okay. Dr. Bernard Tutu Buahim there is a lecturer in marketing, University of Education, Winneba, and political marketing consultant. Well, 
at this point, I would lead by also reshuffling my team. <laughs> not, not, not based on performance. Yes, I'm leading by example. Not based on performance <laughs> at all. all of us. Yes, but it's based on uh, diversity, balance amongst others. So, uh, Dr. Tsubwahin will leave us. And thank you so much uh, for joining us. And I'll bring in uh, Dr. Priscilla Chumisi Bafo, the senior lecturer, Department of Economics, University of Ghana, as we talk about the free fall of the city worst performing currency against the dollar that's the cd that's what we're talking about coupled with um the guta you know uh, we, we saw the closing down of shops uh, in protests of the galloping city and now it's more like uh, you blink and open and it's changed I, i'll check with my producers if the first figure i put out which was 14.75 i don't know if that has changed but um they will they will let me know if as we are on tv anything has changed but that's the last check that's what it is selling at that also we've seen the finance ministry statement and that uh, we they have by the end of the year uh, the staff team has um, agreed we will agree on a deal we are told amongst others also we've been hearing from the world bank on ghana not taking advantage of the debt, you know, um, service suspension initiative. They were asking that if we had done that, a lot may have changed. But beyond an IMF program, what happens? We've heard uh, Professor Bokping mention that um, the IMF is not going to govern uh, the country amongst others. But if we do not get the deal by the end of the year, what happens? Is there a plan in place? What really is the plan? Have we been communicated to amongst others? That's the next discussion right here on Newsfile. Please, we'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll talk about the city, your city, my city, our city. Please stay. Hey guys, so I got this app. It's called Ayoba. It's a chat app that helps me with beauty tips and cooking tips. A super app that feeds me music and the latest sports content. I even use it for my studies. And the good news is I don't need to use my data bundle because I'm on MTN. Charlie, the app just did B. Ayoba, the all-in-one app that lets you chat, call, read, play, pay and listen. Use Ayoba at no data cost on MTN. Download Ayoba now. As a young mom, you're not always sure that you're doing it right. Choosing a baby care product for your child can sometimes be difficult. I choose Baby Med Hypoallergenic Skin Care Products, specially formulated to suit my baby's fragile and sensitive skin. A complete range of products that makes every bad time a moment of tenderness and well-being. Baby Med, baby's specific care products. For decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. 
From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Côte d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands, and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you. Making life simple. That is who we are. As close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with the global reach. Is your vision getting foggy, misty or cloudy? Are you having difficulty driving at night sometimes? These may all be signs that you are developing cataracts. Most cataracts happen because we are aging. The treatment for cataract is always through surgery. And now you can have a modern faculty surgery done in Ghana. Simply visit the St. Thomas Eye Hospital and get a faculty and other laser treatments done. St. Thomas Eye Hospital has a surgical center at Mataheko Flamingo, an outpatient clinic on the Osu Oxford Street in Accra, and a new clinic at the Tema Evergreen Shopping Center. Call us on 024-675-8483 or 054-012-5450 for more. Dummy dribbles to the right. He's got an opportunity on the edge of the penalty box. He's gone past the defense. This must surely be it. up to 16.5 million Ghana CDs in the Betway at Nakesia Jackpot. Aya Jackpot Muhine. Bet responsibly, not for persons under the age of 18. This advert has been approved by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. Hotel presents Fresh Anguamo with all the great delights. Fufu in a flash with Koto, Yemadie and Akrantie. Almighty Gobe with Koko and Eggs. Ish. Crispy fried chicken with rice, pizzas, and whatever else you're looking for or need to pay for. Hubtel presents Ghana's most useful app. Hubtel is everything you. Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM, Hits FM, Love FM, live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play. And then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia.
powerful that you have to benchmark your pricing with the flying dollar. Otherwise, you lose off your capital. You have to benchmark. You take your time and look at the rate it is going in and always revise your prices according to the rate of change. Otherwise, you are going to lose all your capital. It is scary. Please, don't just trade. Be wise. Be wise and do your calculations well. Otherwise, all your capital will be consumed by this unfortunate situation that we find ourselves. If government is sleeping, there's a time that they need to wake up to know what exactly is, is going on. The Council of State made us understood that what they are doing, they've been able to uh, speak to government and therefore certain measures will be announced. For us, the sweetness of the food is in the pudding. When you are eating, you know that that is where you have gotten it. So if there's any measures that they have taken, they should announce it for us to know. Otherwise, to say that tomorrow we are going to, uh, 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 as it were, allow it to flow side by side without any government intervention, it will be very difficult because we've heard it over and over and over. The cancer of the exchange rate. These are two major things that is killing the business community. If you say you want to give a special rate for pot for the rest of the three months, good. But what rate? Because if you say there was a meeting, because per the deputy minister of trade, he's saying that there was a meeting and they agree that they will give special rate to the business community. And today, the rate has moved from 9.6. When it moved from 7.2 to 9.5, you remember there was a cry out all over the media houses. Today, it has moved from 9.6 to 10.7. What's the difference? And so he has continued to tell us that there is hope. There's no hope anyway. It's about the dollar. The dollar is going up too much. Perhaps by the end of this year, it will go about 20 per one dollar, which is too much. We cannot trade. We cannot, we cannot buy our stuff. When we go and import, it's very high. The money is too high. The money is too high. So the government should do something about it. That's why we're closing our shop. Right now, the dollar is almost about 13 cities. So that means that the quantum of the money that used to buy some, let's say, three months ago, if you have to change into the dollar and go and buy again, you're definitely it will come down. And then much more stores, man. Yes, of course. And I'm, I'm not sure you are reopening today. You open on Monday. This is my shop. Oh, you have opened? Yeah. Why? Because I know it's not need for me to close the shop. Oh, okay. Because if we close it, it won't solve the problem. Okay. Because if the, the, the importers go for the goods, if you are going to buy, they put their interest on it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to buy, I said they will give me the this thing, the difference. Mm-hmm. I have to pay. So it's not need for me to close okay. because you can you put the difference on it and take it from me. Okay. It looks like this government disappointed us, the whole Ghana. Because if I can say something, the dollar was four CD something before they came to power, and they told us that when they come, they are coming to manage the economy well better than the previous government. Lo and behold, disappointment. But they say things like COVID, the pandemic, nobody expected it, the Russia-Ukraine war, all these things are affecting. That is what government is saying. Madam, please, we shouldn't go there. Where the bomb is landing over there, they are doing better than us. You see, we Ghanaians, we are suffering. They should sit down. Look, it's not a book matter. Uh, it's not a book. 
this new pace of expansion cannot make you grow out of your head. It can't. It can't. Economy like it can't. Think it's not four point something for one quarter. You think one it's no quarter? No, you you one four point something is not for a year. It's for a quarter. Yes. It, what what was the last last quarter? The first quarter's one is less than four point something. Going forward, nobody can project because inflation is going up. Things are getting worse. City is depreciating at an alarming rate. There are a lot more of layoffs because businesses are struggling. Revenue isn't coming in as expected. Mm. Certainly, to have impact on growth. So that kind of four point eight percent you are talking about is certainly not sustainable in the course of the year, yes. and it will not deliver the kind of growth that will push you to grow out of your debt. In fact, at the levels of our debt we are talking about, you need to grow around 8-10% before you can grow out of your debt. So it's too little and it, you cannot grow out of your debt with 4 point something, even if you annualize it. That isn't the solution. The solution here is for the government to start the digging. Unfortunately, I've not seen them digging. The heavy liftings must start now. And if you fail to do the digging, the situation can only get worse. And I can see that the situation is getting worse. George, the storm has just begun. The storm has just begun. IMF engagement is a very important uh, uh, component in terms of preparing for the 2023 budget. But uh, that notwithstanding, we also want to hear from the public and from our various stakeholders their expectation on how especially the current difficult global environment should be managed in our current circumstances. Um, Of course, there are various suggestions that we are hearing. So we'll find a way to incorporate that into the broader government uh, financial uh, program for the year 2023. Where we are now, there will be no solution without tightening our bed. The only way you stop going deeper when you are in a hole is to stop digging. And once you're stopping or cutting down your expenditures, obviously we are going to be faced with um, some difficult situations. So we must all live up to that reality. Typically we go to market at the beginning of the year and get our two billion. So that we were not able to do. Um, we're able to then get the seven fifty million dollars from operating. And in the summer, August also can stabilize it. Um, then we moved on traditionally as we do um, with um, the ASL, which is the annual um, syndicated loan of corporate board. Um, and that came in, you know, very strongly. Um, so it's quite perplexing to see where it's going. Of course, typically in October, our people are importing for Christmas and maybe, you know, um, there's a rush for that. Uh, but my expectation is that uh, once we uh, also conclude uh, with the fund, um, that will lead to the fund's investment, you know, early this year um, to do that. And the, the support we are getting uh, from countries like Germany, France, I do encourage our members not to hesitate. If you think that you need a buffer, we are here for you. And that particularly applies to the innocent bystanders, countries with strong fundamentals hit by exogenous uh, shocks. We have precautionary lending.
funding uh, facilities for you. Uh, so we are far from 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 being constrained. As as you also know, we have come up with this uh, innovation of on lending SDRs. We are targeting 100 billion. This is additional additional to our lending capacity of one uh, trillion. Uh, and uh, uh, should there be a need, we may appeal to our members to do even more. Now the average is around 20% of the SDRs a strong economies received. Uh, France set up a good example saying we are going to go to 30%. Let's see how the economy shapes up. So that's uh, Madame Dogiva there in Washington. So it takes us to the finance ministry statement on this. We've been hearing from the World Bank as well on our IMF quest, or the quest for us to get to that, you know, rescue or the Ghana miracle as has been described. So the ministry has a statement that um, the finance ministry came very late last night and it says that a government delegation was successfully concluded and they've concluded a trip to Washington, D.C. to attend the annual meetings of the World Bank and International Monetary Fund and continue negotiations for IMF support for Ghana's post-COVID program for economic growth. Then it goes on to say that the Ministry and the Bank of Ghana at the end of the trip report as follows. One, the annual meetings concluded successfully with a renewed sense of urgency for countries to rally together to bolster the global economy in light of the dim outlook for advanced and frontier markets alike. Two, the delegation also had several positive and encouraging engagements with the World Bank, bilateral partners, U.S. state officials and external investors. Also, several meetings were held between the government of Ghana and the IMF advancing negotiations towards a fund-supported program. Also goes on to say a clear path towards the final details of a program has been agreed upon by both parties with the goal of reaching a staff-level agreement by the end of the year. A pathway towards fiscal sustainability has also been extensively discussed and the government of Ghana and the IMF remain fully committed to the goal of reaching a staff-level agreement on a program within the shortest possible time. With the objective in mind, negotiations will continue with the IMF mission team expected in Accra in the next few weeks. And it point three says the government of Ghana wishes to thank the IMF World Bank. So it goes on and says, furthermore, the finance ministry, the Bank of Ghana, thank the people of Ghana for their forbearance in what is undoubtedly a troubling and challenging times for our country and uh, global economic conditions, global uh, economic or economies globally, I beg your pardon. And governments will continue to work with a fierce sense of agency to stabilize the economy and place it back on a firm trajectory of growth. So that's the statement issued from the Public Relations Unit of the Finance Ministry. We also know that the World Bank, they've also been speaking after that particular meeting. The IMF has been speaking, the World Bank also raised concerns. So the International Monetary Fund team, led by Stephen Rodet, met during October 11 to 19 in Washington, D.C. with the Finance Minister. So at the conclusion of the meetings, Mr. Rodet issued the following statement, saying that, the Ghanaian delegation and IMF staff had very fruitful discussions on the authorities' post-COVID program for economic growth and associated policies and reforms that could be supported by a new IMF arrangement. We made good progress in identifying specific policies that will restore macroeconomic stability and lay the foundation for stronger and more inclusive growth. 
the team and the Ghanaian authorities remain fully committed to reaching agreement on a framework and policies. So that's also what the IMF has been saying. But we also know that uh, the World Bank also raised some concerns about why we, didn't, we did not actually uh, go for that debt, debt service suspension initiative amongst others. So it takes us straight into our discussion on the free fall of the city. There are concerns about it. The business community, we've been hearing from Guta on this, the importers and exporters, investors, even you, you've been raising concerns about it. 14.75%, that's how much it's selling. Let me see if we have uh, Dr. Chumisi uh, joining us. Dr. Priscilla Chumisi, well, uh, she joins us via Zoom. Welcome uh, to this part of the discussion, madam. Thank you very much, Emma. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning to well, my fellow panelists and listeners. Now that we have a fresh voice amongst us also, I think it will be a good time uh, to start off with you, Dr. Chumisi. Well, you've been monitoring the trends. We'll talk about our deal with the IMF, whether we're able to get that agreement by the end of this year. But really, uh, we've seen 14.75. Would it get worse than this? Thank you, Emma. Once again, I, I do not want to be a prophetess of doom, but um, to be honest, when you look at the trend and the happenings in the Ghanaian economy, these are not um, normal times. Um, why is that? You tend to see that there is a lot of run on the currency because people are losing confidence in the city. And uh, to be honest, people hold money. Um, among all the functions of money, money should serve as a store of value. And with a high inflation, it means that people are losing the value. And so um, other pe people are looking for alternatives. And the alternative, um, it's currency substitution. So like you said, within a space of two weeks, the dollar has really increased in value. So if somebody has some amount of money to invest, um, the reasonable thing to do is to buy dollars. And that also does not help the current situation. When you look at um, the concerns of Guta, at this point, you find that a lot of them are, a lot of them are changing um, currency, importing for Christmas and all that. And that is putting a lot of pressure on the demand. So you see that um, consistently over time, government will go into an agreement with a Fraxen bank, government will get in some resource. But whatever amount that comes in, you see that it's swallowed in the system because the demand is way too high. And that brings us back to um, the, the nature of the economy that we are running. You see that we are all in a hurry. We, are, we need IMF intervention because we need the market credibility to have access to the external market for borrowing. But the point is, to what end? At what point will we sit down to see that we cannot go on the way we are going? We need to change the trajectory of the economy. Because no doubt, we know that the economy will do well once we go under an IMF program. Because we'll get the austerity measures, we'll get the funds that we need to show up our currency as and when is needed. And the moment we exit the program and then... Um, all the underlying issues come to play, you see that indeed the chickens have come home to roost at this point. And so I'm a bit careful in speculating or professing doom, but it doesn't look good. And as we look at it, until we have a hang on the depreciation of the currency, so that we slow down the rate of growth 
in the inflation rates. Um, mm. it, it doesn't look like the end is in sight, um, to be honest. Mm. Well, I stay on Zoom, Dr. T.H. Champong. We're trying so that we can break this down um, to the ordinary person on this because they're very interested in the SCD and the dollar, how exactly it's going. I've just asked uh, Dr. Chumisyon whether it can get worse than this. What's your take on that? Um, so as Dr. Chumisi said, it comes down to two things, right? Mm-hmm. is demand and supply, mm-hmm. uh, as basic as that. Um, that around this time of the year, typically, you do have um, people that would be wanting to bring in goods um, for the busy Christmas period. So you, we tend to see normally historically more demand for dollars right in the in the system and then also historically around this time of the year you would have some of the cocoa board money and things right that comes in um but before the cocoa board money comes in we would have gone to borrow some two or three billion from the euro bond market to in a way to show up our reserves but also to have more dollars mm-hmm. we haven't had that in the system for a while now, since the beginning of the year. But you do have this extraordinarily large demand for dollars, which is currently not being met by the central bank. And you don't also have enough dollars even within the commercial banking setup, right, as well. So you've got on one side a big demand for dollar. You have these heavy import bills that need to be met going into the busy Christmas period but you don't have enough of that supply of dollars that should be coming in to help you meet that gap. And then on top of that, what has happened in the last few weeks or so is all of the talk about, you know, um, debt restructuring um, and then the whole IMF conversation also has forced a number of investors to want to kind of close or pull out of some of their um, investments, right? So what that then means is, like Professor Dr. Chumis was saying, you want to keep the value of your savings, not because you don't like the CD, but mm-hmm. purely because you have exchange rates, you've got a depreciation and all of that. So people rationally would want to pack that or, uh, um, and pack the CD and maybe change it for dollars or yen or pound or whatever there is. So if you look at, and I was talking to this about this earlier, the Bank of Ghana's own numbers. If you look at the two lines on our balance of payments on the capital account and the financial account, you see a heavy negative outflow in the last half of this year. And that's largely because of some of these investors selling or wanting to keep that store of value from CDs to dollar, but also the fact that you just don't then have other enough dollars in the system to meet the import demand that is upcoming. And that's what really is driving the pressure that we're seeing on the on the CD within the market uh, uh, currently. The other small factor also is that I think the Bank of Ghana also is purchasing some of the forex from the the mining companies and some of the oil and gas companies. And that is showing up the Bank of Ghana's reserves all right. Mm. But those dollars are not filtering through into the commercial banking setup uh, as well. So uh, all these factors is driving up the the sharp depreciation we've seen in the last um, two, uh, three weeks. 
And I think it's the IMF program. However, we don't like it. That is probably going to be our savior at the end of the day here, uh, in the sense that that would immediately help restore calm to the market. Of course, we're still some ways, some weeks or months away from that program being formally announced because we have to finish the debt sustainability analysis. And as we speak, Ghana has not, as far as I know, submitted even the, the letter of intent to the IMF that would formally commence right, the, the process of, of that engagement. I know that the IMF team has also said that they're going to come back to Ghana for a third time to um, engage the authorities again because I presume some of the data and things that have been given them needs further sort of clarity. So to that extent, nobody of, or none of us wants to be a prophet of doom. But when you actually observe the numbers very critically and the way things sort of are going in that, in that regard, and the fact that you also have this policy vacuum, this information vacuum within that space, you can see some big push in terms of that speculative demand uh, on the CD at the moment. But I expect things to come down uh, in the next you know, uh, week or two. For that to happen, the government must issue some statement. The president, like I said, must speak to the nation. We need to know where we are in terms of the discussions with the IMF. I think the Ministry of Finance issued some statement late last night. All of those things go into help. But ultimately, it's about demand and supply, and not until we get more dollars into the system, the demand or the market movement of forces would, you know, self-correct, and that's what you see mm. with the current, you know, um, uh, dollar CD exchange rate. But quickly, do you see it staying at the almost 15 CDs, or it goes all the way to maybe 20? Others have said it may go up to 20 and more. What do you see? Difficult to speculate. Okay. There are a number of factors that could force the, 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 them it to come down, okay. and there are other factors that could force it to go up. But I wouldn't want to, to speculate for now. Okay. All right. Let me come uh, to the studio um, at this point. And uh, Professor Bokping and uh, Professor Jampo are still with me in the studio. So um, we know that the IMF has made some demands. They are awaiting the results of a debt sustainability analysis exercise and then a credible economic reform plan from the government to be able to determine when the deal could be sealed. We've been hearing from the finance ministry also on this. But let me talk about the city because that's what a lot of us are interested in. Um, will it get worse than it is? Um, I think um, if you look at the trend mm-hmm. and you look at the policy space, then the next one month, the next one and a half months, until even at the end of the year, our best bet is that probably it's likely a staff level agreement could be reached with the fund. If you look at the way the fund works, when they will first at the staff level, they have to reach an agreement with the government that this is the broader framework. So the fund is saying that they will come to the country. Mm-hmm. Part of that will also be beyond the broader framework that has been agreed in terms of the pillars. They also have to drill down now to certain structural benchmark targets because the program will have specific targets. Some of them quarterly basis, continuous performance target, structural target, and all those things. They have to agree on all these things at the staff level. When that is done, then they will present that to the IMF executive board. But if the debt sustainability 
comes with the news that debt restructuring is unavoidable, that is where the delay could come from. So it is possible you could reach staff level agreement with the firm, but you need another level of agreement with your creditors in terms of restoring your debt to a more sustainable level before the fund can lend to you. And that was something similar to what happened in the case of Zambia. Zambia, the fund reached a staff level agreement, but then that was also contingent on uh, debt restructuring with investors. That Mm -hmm. is where we are now. So that's why we are saying that beyond uh, the external anchor with the fund, uh, part of where, where stability could come to the city will depend on what policy initiatives we have to take whilst we wait for that, right? And, and that is why we said that, you know, we, and my co-panelists have talked about that. If you look at Ghana's approach to managing COVID, right, the crisis, the way the government governs Ghanaians in a responsive, predictable manner with regular updates and measures that have been put in place and telling us the results, it scanned all of us. Probably many people got COVID, but probably they lived with it and then they, it disappeared at some point. So that, that, that is missing. So when it happens that way, speculative activities take over because like nothing is happening. And now, because government is also not communicating officially, their true intention about debt restructuring and the rest of them, there's a lot of rumor going through the system. And because of that, people are now seeking early redemption. Dr. Tiu talked about that, of their investment in, let's say, CD-denominated instrument, of course, and taking a haircut. Now, when they exit, the next question is, where are they going to put that money? Because, in, because government instrument, that is almost risk-free. Typically in finance, there's no risk-free instrument. For lack of it, we use the treasury bill or government instrument as a surrogate because it's the closest to risk-free. Now, with the talk of debt restructuring, we are at the point where the government instrument that is almost risk-free has become risky. So when people exit and there are no alternatives, because of the time value of money, they wouldn't want to keep the money idle. And therefore, they will look for a currency that is more stable. And the currency that is more stable right now is the dollar. And if they forecast, and, and investors are rational, rational actors. Look, when it comes to making money, love for country is held constant. Nobody loves Ghana. People love their bottom line. You see Guta people closing their shop and all of that. The, the country and the powers that is vested in those who are managing the country, the country must love itself enough to put in place the, re- the right measures so that you anchor the love of individuals along that particular angle. Other than that, people will misbehave. If you look at it from the global dimension, you will see that dollar has a future, not even only in Ghana here, because the dollar is strengthening consistently across even major trading currencies. Okay, so if you are an investor and you have money, you are looking at denominating your money in the currency that is stable and more so could strengthen. When it happens that the trade-off will be silly. Anytime you go and buy dollar, automatically you are selling CDs. And as a lot more people are demanding dollars, they are selling CDs. As supply of CDs increase, then the value will have to what, come down. So if you look at it from that perspective, then you know that probably you could say that the worst is yet to happen. But other things play out to this. Now we are not only talking about Ghana beyond aid, we are mm-hmm. talking about Ghana beyond euro bonds because we've lost market assets. That has impacted us heavily. 
right? And, and the Minister of Finance talked about that, that given the fact that we lost marketers, and that was exactly where they missed it. Okay. So you saw that the market was discounting your policy measures in the 2022 budget. Right after the presentation of the budget, you were downgraded by the, some of the rating agencies. That already said, tells you a signal that the market was unwilling to welcome you. Now, if you look at the secondary market at that time, the, the spread, we were trading in excess of 1,000 basis points above the U.S. Treasury yields. So the spread had increased. If, when it happens that way, the market was already sending you a signal that when you come on attractive, we'll punish you. That was when you should have made a call to the fund. You know, some countries place their external anchor with a fund. Relatively well run. You can talk about Rwanda. That may not be a program-based. That may not be a, 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 a finance-based kind of, right? But sometimes you, you go for that external anchor as a policy support measure, mm -hmm. okay, to anchor investor confidence in your economy. This was one of the things that was recommended when we were exiting the 16th IMF program in April 2019, that, yes, you are exiting, but it's, you are completely not out of the no challenges. Course. So mm -hmm. it may be helpful to hang on this whilst you have space to do what you have to do. But we didn't want to do that because we wanted to be on our own. It was part of why now the World Bank is telling us that we should have taken advantage of the, the G20-backed debt service uh, Suspension uh, initiative. initiative. And the reason we didn't choose that was because of our love for euro bonds. Mm. Because if we had signed up for the debt suspension, debt service suspension initiative, it would have been interpreted to mean cross default, and that would have affected our credit rating, and it would have affected our ability to go to Europe. Was that a prudent decision? To well, it's, it's about the trade-off. You know, the, the World Bank is talking about this now because we are in a mess. Okay. What if it had turned out to be the other way around? Mm. And they themselves, including the IMF, should be taking a reasonable blame here because of the posture in the time past. Look at the 2021 uh, IMF Article 4 consultative uh, assessment on Ghana. They passed the country. The clean sheet. Yes. We they said that our debt was sustainable at high risk of debt distress. It was the same position Ghana attained in 2014. 2014, when we formally entered that zone, we could not exit that zone even with the 16th IMF program, right? So what happens? Less than one year, now we are seeing that the debt is, all, is unsustainable. Meanwhile, under the DSA, the Debt Sustainability Framework, it's not only for backward-looking. We have more forward-looking debt sustainability indicators. So if you do an assessment in less than a year, it turns out to be the other way around. The IMF itself should be explaining mm -hmm. what were the assumptions underlining the 2021 Article 4 surveillance for which we, we, were, we were considered to be, uh, 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 our debt to be uh, sustainable. And that is why now the IMF is coming hard on the government that prove your debt sustainability. You know why? Now that you are under a program and you are asking for debt restructuring, your debt, your debt sustainability analysis could be challenged because the, it will be available. The assumptions and all of that will be challenged. And that's why now they are coming hard on the government because you are going into a program and the credibility of the fund is at stake. Mm. But then uh, it's interesting that they gave us that clean sheet back then, but this is something that I'm sure I'll, t I'll pick the thoughts of Dr. Thierry Champoy and Dr. Priscilla Chimisi also on and whether uh, as a stance now our own debt is uh, sustainable and looking at whether we are able to get that agreement by the end of the year. But the bigger question or the bigger issue for many is what then happens if we do not get it?
at the end of the year. If we don't reach that agreement, our debt sustainability analysis is not completed by then, amongst others. Chew on that. I'll come to you on it, then we can take a look at it. But, Professor Jampo, um, are you one of those who started holding dollars? <laughs> You're changing. He's telling you to ask me because he knows what has happened. <laughs> okay. You know, the, the, it appears that, you see, in all this, there should be a certain leadership that would um, call for calm and then would also lead by example. But, um, like he said, I mean, there's no calm in the system. Everybody is cheatery. And um, even those who are supposed to be leading by example, I mean, they themselves are paying themselves in dollars and they are hoarding it themselves. And so you don't expect us to be rational human beings. Rational human beings would also want to um, make sure that because of the lack of confidence in their currency, they would exchange it for a um, currency that in which they can find you know, confidence in. And so I am calling for a certain leadership that um, uh, brings about calm within this turbulent situation in which we find ourselves. Mm. And then also that creeps up a certain patriotic sentiment, you know, amongst us. I say so because, you see, this man, Bokman, is my financial consultant. There's been several on two major occasions that I've gone to him that, look, Bokman, um, do I change my money into dollars and keep giving what is go- going on? And he's told me that, no, let us not do that. We are supposed to be future leaders of this nation. Let us not do that. Recently, he told me the same thing. Mm. I went to him and said, no, 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 no. Yes, it's turbulent. Um, we are in crisis, but don't do that. Would I not lose the CDs if I don't do well, that? I'm prepared uh, to lose. Well, I, I mean, he, he said, no, no, so between me and him. I don't want to cannibalize <laughs> on the situation. Okay. Well, so, I mean, he managed to convince me to that point that I felt that, look, let us be patriotic and let us be willing to die for our nation. And so I decided that, look, I'm not going to do that. But we need this kind of conversation at a certain national level where you have the president appealing to the conscience of the good people of Ghana that, mm. yes, we are in crisis, but let us not quickly go and convert our monies into dollars in a manner that puts unnecessary you know, pressure on, the, on, on our currency and then makes it fall. And so that is what I mean when I said that we, 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 we don't have a certain leadership that brings about... Nobody is talking about, the, about, this, about, about this to us, you know, as a nation. Um, it's been left to a certain speculation. Today you are there. And the banks, some of the banks are also not doing... They are also not helping. Mm. So you'll be there, and then they will give you a certain call and tell you that, look, um, given what is going on, you are likely to have a certain haircut, which you don't even understand. So, <laughs> can you just um, go and disinvest and come for um, a fix, fix what, fixed deposit, whatever? Is that and the they've, been, they've been doing some of these things, and given my interactions, you know, with Buckman, I had to advise some of the bankers to tell them that you are all causing unnecessary panic. panic, you know, within the system, and these are all not helping. And so for me, beyond the kinds of policies that can be put in place that Buckman and Co. will be proffering, I am thinking that there should be leadership. A certain leadership that addresses us, that appreciates or admits the situation in which we find ourselves, 
and calls for calm and then also incite that element of patriotism you know among the good people of ghana to want to sacrifice and to die a little mm -hmm. for ghana when you are calling on us to be patriotic and you are saying we should die for our country then we must also see that you are doing the same thing leadership must be done by with example and so we must also see the practice and situation where you see some of these appointees also flaunting dollars you know here and there and people are receiving their salaries in dollars and people are pricing their products in dollars. i went to south africa um, slept in a hotel and um, about one hour to check out to depart you no know, to the airport i thought that i had dollars on me and mm -hmm. so at the counter i could just pay dollars and go i got there and said no we don't accept dollars here we take our own currency. Mm -hmm. So I had to pick a taxi to a forex bureau to change before. I mean, we can put in place some of these measures. At one point in time, I know um, that um, there were rules that said that workers could not be paid in, 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 in foreign currency. And then also I, you I, can't price in foreign currency. I think these rules are still there. But Enforcement. it appears that those who would enforce it or the originators of the rules themselves uh, are not obeying it. And so it becomes difficult for them to enforce. So people up to now, I mean, go to the places where they sell vehicles and go to other places. People are pricing vehicles and people are charging, pricing in um, dollars and people are, are, are being paid in dollars. And all these sort of put unnecessary pressures on our currency and then mm -hmm. it leads to this free for all. And so... The economists have said they don't want to uh, be prophets and mm -hmm. prophetess of doom. And so they don't want to predict how the CD would go before the year ends. But it's gotten to 14. But if you use the data to say it's going to be here, it doesn't make you a <laughs> well, as a data and we are we, we are supposed to be forward looking mm -hmm. as well. People make Around the time mm -hmm. I had this conversation, I was talking about projections mm -hmm. also, right? Around the time I had this conversation, I'm talking about privately with Buckman, I think it had gotten to just about nine. But now it's getting to 14. And sometimes you keep... 14, one, seven, five. Now you keep, you keep, sometimes you keep wondering whether um, you took the right decision or not. But... Well, you get listening to him, well, taking well, the advice. No, I'm not getting, I'm saying sometimes you <laughs> wonder. Advice no, no, no. <laughs> but based on the data so, some, that you're doing. Sometimes you wonder. Well, but the point let, let, me, is that, let me just let him come in with the projections in terms of the data and what they see. What does it look like? So now that the, 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 the government negotiation team is in town, I'm sure they will be looking at the data. They will be looking at what between now and let's say end of December or uh, November, what is it that we have to do? And I'm sure they will be looking at it from that point, that, that vacuum of waiting. Mm -hmm. It means that investors are also going to adopt wait and see attitude and they will be cash they will be cashing on the situation. So some of the things you are doing, you're also looking at what likely policy interventions can happen even from Bank of Ghana and also from here and all of so you watch the space a bit and then you see what probably is likely to happen. That's what speculators also do. Okay. Right. And also speculators like Professor Jampo. Oh. <laughs> well uh, Dr. Shimesi, so at least you're on the same side with Professor Bokping in terms of not cannibalizing the system yes. like he puts it, not taking advantage of the situation. But there are those who are watching us right now wondering, like Professor Jampo said the time that he was advised, it was just about nine cities. Now today is 14.75. People are hoping that it will keep on rising. 
how then are we supposed to stay calm in the midst of the storm in terms of allowing the city to be there whilst we see the dollar rising? It's a very tricky situation. Um, let me put it that way. And to be honest, um, like um, um, the other Professor Bokken indicated, the dollar in recent times has gained a lot of value globally. So you see that all other currencies are also struggling. Um, but our situation is becoming a precarious with a peculiar circumstance that we find ourselves in. So, um, for instance, I would say that we should, we should, we should stay calm. And also, to a large extent, holds the speculative activity on the currency. Because what speculators are doing, buying and holding and waiting to take advantage of a higher value and then change. And so that also deprives importers who are really in need of the currency to bring in important goods. So here, I would also uh, probably want to look at um, Gutes' position, for example. I know that um, about some months ago, I mean, Guta was in talks with the Ministry of Trade, um, looking at options available in terms of import substitution. I know that, yes, um, I, I, I believe and I share in their sentiments, because if you are trading and you are consistently losing the value of your capital, it's not a comfortable place to be. Um, but the question also is that um, with all the things that a lot of their members are also importing in, is there the option to source local alternatives? Is there the option for the government to sit down with these groups and see the possibility of them moving into areas where they could be producing locally, supporting local manufacturing firms. Um, when you look at also, so talking on that, you see that when you look at the producer price inflation, it's also not in a comfortable position because fuel prices are up and most of our producers also import intermediate produce. So the dollar really uh, has become the nucleus, the fabric of the foundation of our economy and something needs to be done but at this point I would say that probably um, like Professor Jampo indicated, let's put on a bit of our patriotic selves and not um, push the run on the currency so that the city depreciates to a level where it, it comes um, next to nothing in all this Policymakers are also aware that people are rational agents. The fact that we are being patriotic doesn't mean that we don't go to the market. The inflation rate is quite heightened. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that something needs to be done. Policymakers, leaders need to show the way. So, for example, we know that the times are hard. It is not going to get um, better overnight. But at least they should show the way with their incoming 2023 um, budget period. We know that there are a number of things that will be done. Austerity measures should be quite clear to signal to the, um, the market that the fiscal stance is taking a credible position to try and control the situation. But in all this, what I would say is that once we are able to dig ourselves off this hole, which um, to some extent, it's as a result of 
um, our own actions and inactions and also external factors. I believe that we should have a, a, a dispassionate discussion on going forward where we want the Ghanaian economy to be and not um, be in this cyclical pattern of every time going to the IMF for intervention. We perform so well, the moment we exit, a slight shock in our economy is found wanting, really. Mm. Well, Dr. Jampon, so to the extent that there's panic in the system and also the fact that business business owners have money, so they have dollars in the banks, yet they cannot have access to it to pay uh, you know, their importers or business partners out there, the concern for them, and also the fact that uh, there should be some immediate policy interventions in place. Dr. Jampon, do you think that beyond waiting for the president to address the nation amongst others, what do you think should be the interim or immediate policy interventions in place so that um, that panic can be cured and also to save the city to, the, to a large extent? So, so let me first re-echo the calls for, for all of us to remain calm uh, a bit, you know, because uh, uh, there's a lot of pressure within the system and there's a lot of um, anxiety um, also within the system, uh, whether it is business owners, as we've seen in the case of Guta, where the president was talking consistently about the loss of capital, uh, or within households and individuals, because uh, we all feel it one way or the other. Um, so if you really don't necessarily need dollars just purely because you think you want to keep the value of your investment, then I would re-echo the call or the sentiment just to keep your investments uh, in cities because ultimately that will help dampen or bring down some of that extra pressure or demand for dollars that we're, we're seeing. Um, but beyond that, and that's the question you're, you're asking, you know, what else could be done sort of in the, in the interim? I think largely the problem we have in, in country in the country, as Prof. Bokwin and Dr. Chumisiawo said, is not a monetary problem. We don't have a, necessarily an issue with Bank of Ghana. Even if we do, it's largely small. The biggest problem that we have is a fiscal one. How we live, how we borrow, and how we're not getting commensurate returns on those uh, borrowings. And that, to an extent, also then having a cascading impact on a number of um, macroeconomic fundamentals, including the exchange rate and including uh, inflation. I think the two biggest things that we need to address in the interim, of course, is the dollar, but also the issue of inflation. Mm. Uh, because um, the inflation, or part of the reason why people want to change their cities now in the first place, is because of the galloping inflation and the fact that they are losing value. So if we're able to bring the inflation rate uh, beginning to come down a, a little bit, then that again reduces or dampens some of that effect. I think globally we're all looking, or most of the consensus forecast is that we're looking at the possibility of some form of um, recession next year at a global level. And what that, then, that does is that demand for certain key commodities um, would uh, go down and then so oil prices and things like that will go down and some of the supply driven inflation factors that we're seeing in Ghana might also come down uh, a, a little bit but it's a very very difficult position that 
the managers of the economy find themselves in, largely as a result of some policy mistakes that we've made. Mm. Um, those external factors would always be there, and they're not going anywhere. And I would argue we'd even have more of them in the years to come. Um, but it's how we respond or react to, to that uh, that really matters. So just to just re-echo my point, we need calm. If okay. you don't need dollars for anything, then let's all try to do our quote-unquote patriotic bit to help dampen the city. But beyond that, we also need the government to get its act right in terms of how it manages the finances of, of the country. Okay. Well, is it time for us to consider a currency board, for instance, or is it too extreme? I think that, um, as Dr. Chiu has said, Dr. Chumesi has also said, I think these are demand supply mm. issues, right? Okay. Um, if you look at the city over the years, you realize that the city gives testimony to good policies. The city just doesn't misbehave on its own. Okay. So having a currency board, would that be a substitute for doing the right thing in shaping the fundamentals? And I'm sure our vice president gave one of the beautiful lectures those days that when in doubt, <laughs> check the exchange rates. Mm. Is that okay? So um, to some extent, if you, if you want to highlight the theoretical benefit of having that, I think where we find ourselves here, in fact, and I will tell you this, from the beginning of the year, you could see price pressures building up. Then we started raising the alarm. In fact, if you look at Ghana's Sadiska service, uh, Professor Enim, anytime he's giving the inflation numbers, he goes down. He tells you where the causes are. He tells you imported inflation. He tells you local food inflation. He tell, about 44% of that is within our control. So when you see food inflation rising that way, to blame Russia, Ukraine, it, will, it would amount to weeping more than the bereaved, right? And, and why are we saying so? Ghana spends more than $400 million importing tomatoes from Burkina Faso. And you are, you are looking at your steady stabilizing. Ghana has comparative advantage yeah. over Burkina Faso. But you see what is happening. Burkina Faso is creating competitive advantage. And that is undoing our comparative advantage. Right. So those are the things you want to see. Then the reason we said that inflation will remain elevated towards the end of the year. If you look at this country, July, August, harvest season. So when you see inflation for July going up, inflation for August going up, then you know you are in trouble. It's always harder using monetary policy to fight inflation under weak fiscal regime and elevated public debt. Mm -hmm. And that is why Dr. Tio Achampong was saying that there's a limit to look to Bank of Ghana in addressing this situation. The, 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 the source of our macroeconomic instability is physical. Right from independence, it's been physical. How do we address that immediately? You know, one of the things I'm, I, I'm looking forward to sleeping and waking up to one day is when the president takes a decision and says that, guys, enough. I'm downsizing. I'm reducing the number of ministers to about 40. I'm taking the risk, right? I'm doing this as a signal that I'm internalizing the austerity that is coming. I want every, on that platform, you can come to Ghana and say, come on board. We must come out of this together. Leadership matters. 
Hmm. And that is what we need to do now. And I'll tell you one more thing. You know, any time we are outside an IMF program, the fund, the development partners, they are a bit lenient with their comments, more diplomatic. But when you come under a program, you've lost your bargaining power. So we see how they are coming hard at us now. They are asking you to prove this. Proof, yeah. So last year you were not under any program. So they could understand your assumptions. You can explain that, oh, how about this debt? Oh, you know, this is ring fence. This is that. This is uh, this. This is that. But right now, they are saying everything must come on board. So especially when you check in in such a vulnerable state, you don't have, nego you, you can't negotiate from position of strength. We shouldn't have putting ourselves in this place. To come out of this, as I said, um, what the market is looking for is that bold decision from the government. That says that, look, and, and, and it may have to be a bit radical, which means that you are sacrificing your interest and the interest of your inner core and your political party for the common good. Other than that, if you, if you tell me that these people have performed excellently, then probably it will be for reasons not for the common good. Reasons best known to you. The market is the market wants action mm. right now. Now, part of the challenge I see from the part of government may be how do we communicate this? Okay, is because there's there's one of the things that COVID did was to weaken trust in government and government institutions, right? Because of the, how some countries responded. To all of that and if you see over a period since 1992 you could see that the extent to which the democratic dividend trickles down to the ordinary Ghanaian is smaller and it doesn't get to them anymore so when it happens that way there's some kind of trust gap between the citizens and the government and that is why you may find probably that the government may have to reach out to some credible people in society either from the clergy or or so to play some kind of mediating role, right, in bringing us together. Because mm. to some extent, if the government says X, people will choose Y mm. and the rest of them. So we need, we, we need that. The president needs to take certain action in order to bring all, all of us to the table yeah. so that we can say that, oh, we can trust you. I mean, Jesus said, trust me. When you lose your life, we take it again. And he led by the way, right? Mm. So we, we need, once that is missing, it's going to be difficult. And I can tell you, the 2023 budget will mirror in character what is likely to be agreed. But the question also is how do you communicate that? You also need to test the acceptability, stakeholder reaction, and all of that. And I think at this stage, we, this, have started by now. Yeah, this should give us an opportunity to bury our political differences between the main opposition party and the government. Because you see, you are going into a program that will transcend this regime. Mm. I'm not saying there will be a regime change, right? So, given that there's a possibility. So, you need a certain minimum stakeholder acceptability. Okay? And that is not just organized labor. That also will require reaching a hand of fellowship to the opposition party, the major opposition party. Because they, in this country, maybe you will give us the data, right? Regardless of who the parties put forward, a certain minimum voting is assured. Mm -hmm. Yeah and the rest of so they have a, a voice very strong in all of that so we need to reach out 
the two main political, even the smaller ones, reach out to the various key stakeholders in a manner that brings us to the table. We recognize we have a common problem. To solve this, we need we need to bury our differences because when we win, we win together. Okay. Well, Professor Jampo will take us um, on a break, but I'm sure he's calm now in terms of um, your... Because he will not buy dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I think I associate myself with many of the things that mm -hmm. he said, uh, particularly in the area of um, downsizing and government. Um, this was a research I did somewhere in 2009, Ministry Appointment and Government Expenditure in Ghana's for Republic, with a colleague, Anam Zoya. And you look at the, you know, how much it costs to hire one minister and the, the kinds of um, things that go the with hiring everything. So, within a crisis period, one of the things that you can do to signal to all that you are serious and you want to lead by example and you want all of us to be brought on board is to downsize. Mm. Um, you can't have this number of ministers, all of them riding in V8 vehicles and drawing free fuel. They have V8s, they have um, saloon cars. A free electricity, free water, telephone, um, clothing allowance, and all manner of things. Chauffeur driven, um, garden boy, cooks, and all those things that go with appointment of one minister. You mm. cannot continue to have them in place while you tell us to tighten our belt. And that's why it is difficult for labor to agree with government when it is called upon to tighten a belt, its belt. Because you cannot ask us to tighten your belt whilst you have eaten, your tummy has blossomed and you've loosened yours. It's not possible. And so you should lead by example and one sure way to tell us that you are willing to bring us all on board and to lead by example is to cut down the number of ministers that you have. Mm. If they are not willing to do so, then I wonder how best they will be able to communicate to Ghanaians that, look, we should all come on board and help in um, sailing ourselves or navigating ourselves, you know, in this, this, this challenge. Okay. Let's take a quick break um, here on Newsfile. Then we can have the final lap. We'll talk about the IMF asking us to show debt sustainability proof amongst others and beyond the IMF. What happens? Do we have a plan? That and more coming up shortly. Please stay with us. For decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands, and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you. Making life simple. That is who we are. As close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with the global reach. 
My name is William Kofienti, the CEO of Ad Pharma Limited. We are an organization that is always seeking innovative solutions to make our operations easy. So when our insurance agent recommended Fukuya Chart to insure from Star Assurance, we did not hesitate to try it. I can tell you the process was seamless and 100% visual with no human intervention. You simply save number 0242426160 and start your chart with Fukuya. Is your vision getting foggy, misty, or cloudy? Are you having difficulty driving at night sometimes? These may all be signs that you are developing cataracts. Most cataracts happen because we are aging. The treatment for cataracts is always through surgery. And now you can have a modern faculty surgery done in Ghana. Do this. Simply visit the St. Thomas Eye Hospital and get a FACO and other laser treatments done. St. Thomas Eye Hospital has a surgical center at Mataheko Flamingo, an outpatient clinic on the Osu Oxford Street in Accra, and a new clinic at the Tema Evergreen Shopping Center. Call us on 024-675-8483 or 054-012-5450 for more Magdan Aviation, our world-class terminal located at the Kotoka International Airport, is a fixed-base operation that offers total aviation services in Ghana's private sector space. Magdan Aviation offers convenient access to a wide variety of destinations. Just sit at the comfort of your homes or offices and book a flight to any country of your choice and a luxurious car will be available to pick you up to the FBO where all arrangements, including hotel bookings, transport services, among others, will be made available even in the country of destination. The FBO features an elegant lobby, business center, and a catering area to make your flight experience a memorable one. We have a very spacious terminal which houses three modern private jets and a helicopter for your tours, intercity transport, air ambulance services, cash carriage and a bullion movement. Wherever you need to travel, Magdan Aviation has got you. Safety is a hallmark at Magdan. From our dedicated customer service team to the flight staff, Every employee puts the safety and security of our clients first. We are here to make conducting business across the world easy and convenient.
Welcome back uh, to News File. Is, we are in the final lap. We are on Joy 99.7 FM on Joy News, also on social media. I'll be taking some of your comments that you've been sending in, a number of them. We'll go through it. But let's um, finally talk about um, the IMF itself. Uh, we are told that by the end of the year, we should get a staff-level program. Before this, we are told that uh, there will be a reflection in the 2023 budget that will be read in November so I'm, um, the, the experts are here. They will help us understand what exactly this is. And we've been hearing from the IMF, the director of the IMF African Depa- Department, Abebe Aimro Selassie, asking us to show proof that our debt levels are sustainable before the IMF can approve an economic support program for the country. So this staff level program, economic support program, where exactly are we? We're expecting the IMF team back in town. Dr. Priscilla Chumisi, please, if you're able to give us a breakdown in terms of what we've seen, because I've seen the finance ministry statement, I was hoping we'll get more in terms of where exactly we are. Have we been able to show proof? What exactly will be the timelines for us in terms of your understanding of where we are with this particular process? I, I believe that the finance ministry is being careful in terms of um, trying to manage expectations and not to fool it, because we've seen the evidence um, of what happened to the Nigerian economy when their um, managers opened their mouth in terms of um, um, the outlook. And so um, the uncertainty is quite clear, and I can understand um, why they are being very economical with the stage they are in. Um, But as the finance minister prepares to deliver the 2023 budgets, um, the, the actions, the austerity measures ought to be clear to be honest. Because when you look at the mid-year budget review for this year, it is evident that the market was not convinced of the measures that were in there. And this was a a situation where we had banked a lot of hope also on the the passage of the E-Levy and the performance of that um, tax handle, which unfortunately, like most of us, had already indicated that uh, it would not perform as it was projected because people were obviously going to substitute away. So going forward, I believe that um, with debt restructuring, um, the, the, the ministry, the government has put in place um, a five-member committee to try to look at the options um, as to debt restructuring. Um, nobody, no investor, um, like we've all indicated, government investment is the safest. So if people have invested in government instruments and they would have to take um, haircuts, for example, is not pleasant news. And government ought to manage it well, particularly in our context where we tend to have a lot of um, what do we call it, Ponzi schemes in the form of financial instruments. You would want to um, let people have the assurance that indeed government securities are safe. So um, going forward, the restructuring would occur. I am looking at a situation where there are renegotiation on interest payments, there are extensions in maturities, and also um, government is quite prudent in showing the way 
um, in the upcoming budget that this is what we are doing. In terms of the big expenditure items, taking items on government budget, what is government doing? Because, for example, um, the payment of um, nursing trainee and teacher trainee allowances, for instance, had been cancelled and it was reinstituted. I know saying there's a lot of people would come after me, um, but the reality is that we need to um, put a, a check expenditure um, because our expenditures are way above. But the fund also, based on their track record, are careful about the negative social implications because we know that most of the times when you go under such tight austerity um, programs to try to get back on track, you tend to find that a lot of people end up being pushed into poverty. So what is the government doing? Which um, expenditure items will they be able to cut so that the burden does not unnecessarily fall on the people at the lower end of the income distribution. All these are ways that, but the reality is that um, these are tough times. Um, uh, the, the policymakers ought to buy the bullets and show the way and, in the, and, and show that indeed we are on track to doing something. And in all this, I must say that as Ghanaians, we need to put our patriotic hat on. Um, although um, our, our society is quite divided on uh, political grounds, it is evident by now that nobody has the magic bullet to turn the economic um, um, fortunes around overnight because we have seen it over and over again, regardless of which government is in power. The structural issues need to be tackled once and for all. And it does not, we cannot tackle it in a one election cycle, in a one, um, a four year government cycle. It is a continuum. We have to work at it continuously to um, make sure that we do not, as a country, regardless of who is in power, um, continue the cycle of uh, peaks and troughs in the economic performance and also the livelihoods of people. Okay. Well. Let me bring in Professor Bothing because um, issues about expenditure has been raised by Dr. Chinesi. So uh, you have your ears and eyes. I won't ask you to put all your information out there, but you have you 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 followed this IMF process over the period. So at the end of the year, we are told that we'll get a staff level program. Um, is it the same as the fund assisted program that we're going to be getting, such that it will show up our reserves and things will change? Are they going to ask us to cut? payments of labor because we know that they are biggest, you know, uh, Professor Jampo is laughing, but at least, um, what exactly would they be asking us to do at this point, where we are today? Okay, thank you very much. If you look at the process that has, has been laid over the years, it's not with respect to only Ghana. Mm -hmm. Reaching the staff level agreement is a significant step okay. to having a program. But having a staff level agreement necessarily doesn't mean money will start flowing, right? So from there, if all the boxes have been checked, it will then go to the uh, IMF executive board. It's when the board approves, then we'll say that the program is in place and all of that. So, but the reason um, they are highlighting staff level agreement now, because that is essentially between the fund and the government. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for now, largely in terms of the broad framework, in fact, when the mission team visited the country before they went to, uh, they had a fair idea. Look, the IMF has a fair idea of what the issues are. They've been in this country. They've been with us. So they know. And if you check the data, 
we will see the courses that take us to the fund from 1965. They have remained the same. So all, when we have done well, we only add to the layers of the courses. So in terms of their prescription, we know mm. and the broad framework. And that's why the ministry is also saying that there's a broad uh, understanding of what the uh, issues are and how they should be what. So the warnings addressed. that we heard from Labour could go nowhere. There would definitely be some cuts. So you are there. looking at the, like Dr. Chumese said, you are looking at the big ticket expenditure items, mm -hmm. right, which also contribute to the rigidity. And this you is a huge one. What you, what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So certainly the fund will be interested in the wage bill. If, if, if they are considered view is that the wage bill is over bloated or is too high, it's up to government demonstrating. You see, all these things depends on how far the government is able to demonstrate. That's what they are saying, prove mm -hmm. that. Right, that okay, the wage bill is not so much of an issue. This is what we are doing, this is what we are doing, this is what we are going to do, this is how we are going to get it done. Convince the fund that so so and so. So, a lot depends on us rather than the fund. And the reason they are highlighting the staff level agreement is that assuming debt restructuring is unavoidable, that is beyond the IMF. Right. Mm. So the IMF will facilitate to some extent, right? But that would mean that entering into another level of agreement with the investors before it will go to the fund. Because the IMF won't lend to a country when debt is unsustainable. Right. So if you come to that conclusion, then you now have to prove to the IMF how you're going to bring your debt uh, to a more sustainable level. And there are several scenarios that you want to consider with them. Assuming you are even looking at four years and you want to achieve fiscal sustainability, you are looking at G GDP growing at a certain rate, you are looking at your primary balance being positive at 8%. To do that requires a sharp fiscal adjustment. When we talk about fiscal adjustment, that's cost. That's pain. We talk about pain painful fiscal adjustment that will have to go through the system. Oftentimes, what happens is that those... A painful fiscal adjustment are unevenly distributed. Mm -hmm. And that is what Dr. Chumesi was saying, that we have to do it in such a way that it doesn't disproportionately affect those at the lower end, the, the socially excluded, the marginalized, and the rest of them. But we have been there before. We have history. The 16th IMF program, okay, the, the, the fund accommodated a certain portion of that money for social protection including mm -hmm. LEAP and the other things. So they, they have that. The fund is open to that. The fund, the, you know, because of what job creation is or unemployment, inequality, climate change, all of these have assumed a certain level of macro-criticality. And therefore, the fund considers them within that macro framework. So they are mindful in protecting, uh, in for social protection and social spending. Mm. But a lot will also depend on what level of adjustment you can do if you want to hold these ones. There's an assurance that free SHS may not be touched, at least we heard from Dr. Yes, but, yeah, of course, if you look at the percentage it takes in terms of this, you could do that. Corruption alone takes everything from this, right? Corruption will lose more than $3 billion annually from this. The next important thing I'll talk about will be the level of debt restructuring. I'm mm -hmm. thinking that instead of loading, loading the debt restructuring on investors, we can look at certain permutations before we get there. What level of expenditure cut from government? And I'm sure you, you, you have done some work in that area in terms of reducing the number of mm -hmm. ministries, the number of yeah. ministers. Let's look at the savings we can accommodate from there. Now, if you look at Bank of Ghana, they've been making profit in the last couple of years, right? Almost like a commercial bank, right? What level of uh, the, the loading?
can we place on the balance sheet of Bank of Ghana? That will ease the extent to which the debt restructuring on investors would have to go. Okay. We have to look at all that. We know that if we load a portion of that on Bank of Ghana balance sheet in terms of printing CDs, or, so inflationary pressures will head up. But that is inflation we can relate to. That is inflation we can yeah. understand. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So you need to do, we, I think that's a country, the, uh, of course, we know that a haircut is uh, unavoidable, but on whose head should it be? <laughs> should it be Such solely the on the head of <laughs> investors, or it should be shared, right, on the head of government, on the head of, let's say, a board of that on Bank of Ghana, and then investors, because already, because Bank of Ghana is monetizing part of the fiscal deficit, Bank of Ghana is the second largest lender to the government now. After the banks, mm. is that okay? So mm. we need to look at all of this. That way, we'll be able to lessen the burden adjustments, the burden costs, right, uh, through the system and, and preserve the financial system. If we don't do that, then it means that um, there will be mm. um, some kind of social unrest, right? Okay. Uh, and, and which I believe that we shouldn't get there. And I also urge my good friend here in Labour that in these times, we have a fair idea of where we are in terms of the economic crisis, mm -hmm. which also requires that we all have to be moderate, right, and a bit um, sympathetic towards the situation, because um, where, where we find ourselves, whether we like it or not, we all have to go through some painful fiscal adjustments. Mm. Yeah, it yeah. will not exclude anyone. He's, yeah. he's no. itching to respond, well, no, but no, wait, no. wait, 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 <laughs> no, you, get, not, you, get, you get to respond to that. But Dr. P.A. Champong, uh, in, in all this, um, from where you stand and what you know, uh, is government able to convince the fund about our debt sustainability from where you stand? Uh, we I, I think they would. Um, the fact that the fund has said that they are coming for a third trip to the country for me indicates that the government has sent some numbers, they've looked at it, they want further clarity, um, and that's really the basis for any agreement on the, on the fund program mm. going forward. So Prof talks about some of the steps, but the key step now really is that the sustainability analysis, because really that's what will anchor any of the program or whatever we agree to with the fund going um, forward. So that needs to be completed first. Then off the back of that, Ghana has to also submit formally a letter of intent and what we call a memorandum of understanding to the fund to kickstart the formal sort of negotiations. And then once those negotiations go about, then you're talking the third step, step is the staff level agreement which is between more or less the IMF as an institution and the government of Ghana. Then based on that staff level agreement, they then have to get the IMF board, the executive board to approve that. That can actually sometimes take time. So recently in Zambia, the staff level agreement was agreed in December of last year, in the, um, 2021. But the actual program was only signed on in August. So it took about eight months between that staff level mm. and a formal program being uh, agreed. I don't think we will get that uh, because of the peculiarity of the challenge that you know uh, Ghana faces. But the key thing now really is the debt sustainability uh, analysis. First thing, contingent on that, it might be that we have to restructure 
part of our debt. Mm -hmm. And we already have signal to the effect that some of the local will be will be done. But I have argued that we need a comprehensive restructuring, both the local and external, but particularly for the external under the G20 sort of framework. And that could take some time. Beyond that, then you've got the budget coming up. Mm -hmm. And the IMF, of course, would have some say in this budget. And like many of us, we're expecting some form of posterity budget, and we want to lessen the burden on our people uh, down the, the economic ladder. Okay. But within the budget, I think there are some policies that can still be pursued on the revenue side, on the expenditure side. Number one, I think, you know, we, we need to put a bit more focus or emphasis at the ports. There's a lot of leakages there, and we can get more revenue from there. Mm. Number two, I think the e-levy, we all have the data, is proving to be relatively shambolic. So we need to reduce the rate. Personally, I am against it, and my position on this is clear. But reduce the rate and get a lot more people paying right after okay. that. Number two or number three, on the expenditure side, some cuts in expenditure. My colleagues have talked about reducing the size of government. And the time is opportune, not just for a reshuffle, but also to drastically restructure the whole governance machinery and, and, and architecture. Okay. And then the fourth point is just about the comprehensive debt restructuring that I've highlighted. Okay. Professor Jambo, it's time for Labour to be more sympathetic uh, to governments. You have Professor Bopping on that. Well, in wrapping see, up on all this. we cannot run away from the fact that we all have to embrace ourselves for some painful fiscal adjustment and austerity measures that will be implemented um, in some few months or the next years no, to come. We all cannot run away from that. But my position is that, you see, and these have the potency to spark social unrests mm -hmm. and agitations in a manner that would uh, create a lot of confusion in the system. To prevent this, I'll call on government that in the event that austerity measures are going to be implemented, it must start at the top. Okay. They must lead, you know, by example, mm. by reducing or cutting down, you know, wastes and downsizing, uh, parking V8 vehicles or auctioning them and doing all those kinds of things that would make the people feel that the government itself is sacrificing. Okay. When labor becomes you know, fully socialized about the fact that government itself is leading by example and sacrificing, it becomes easy for all of us to want to sing you know, from that same hymn book. Mm. Well, let me take a few messages. Um, then we can wrap up. I have this one from James. says, my expectations of Akufado addressing the nation is that he should come and announce his resignation. Okay, and that's a, a message. Uh, okay, let's go on to the next one. Akusia says, if the person who is supposed to see the problem put the right strategies out to solve the problem, does not see anything wrong with the way he's handling the issue at hand, then how can he control things? Black Cream says the president has the power to stop or put on a 50% discount on every single goods coming into the country. They should let them know, my country can't afford it now, but with this pricing, I'll take back your goods, he says. Gasma on Twitter says, leadership is cause, everything else is effect, isn't it? The president and the economic management team must go. Simple. I'll stay on Twitter. Atej Queen says, just when I thought the president had cemented his name as Ghana's greatest leader during crisis, that is during COVID, uh, when a well-composed presidential 
Kufuado Adodankwa was um, really in charge. We now have in our, on our hands another version of the same man in another crisis. I'm just sad as his admirer. Uh, so some of your messages there that um, you sent in, um, and that's how uh, we can wrap up. I'll just take um, a few. Okay, so I have some messages also, I'm told, uh, from uh, WhatsApp. Let's do, let's do it. Okay, okay, so then uh, we'll get some of the messages. Um, so I'll just do a few uh, seconds each, and then uh, we can we can quickly wrap this one up. So beyond that, if we don't get this IMF, Intervention, Professor Gopin, 30 seconds. Yeah. We have our own plan in place as a government. Do you, do you get that sense? There will certainly be a program. Is the, is the time and how fast that can be. But I think um, whilst we wait for that, we, we must also take the necessary steps, which, which are largely within our control, mm-hmm. as it has all been shared in terms of the size of government. I don't think the president needs approval of IMF to downsize the government size and the rest of those ones can be done. But my, the final thing I'll say is that we will certainly come out of this. Okay. Let's remain calm. Mm. Dr. Jumesi, our final words on this? 30 seconds? Okay, it appears that I've lost there. Have I? Okay. Dr. Jumesi, if you can hear me, I was asking for your closing remarks, 30 seconds, on uh, the situation. Do we have a plan in place? Um, I... I, I believe that we should all be optimistic about the prospects, although these are very difficult times. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as we end, the question I'm asking is why are we um, all crying over the free fall of the city? Um, because indeed, um, these are times that exporters should, in principle, be happy because okay. their goods are cheaper. Mm. But the reality is that we are not sending anything out there. Okay. And it tells us that we need to get back to work and look mm. critically at our import substitution okay. strategy oh. as a country. Okay. Dr. Jampong, 30 seconds for you as well. Yeah, no, I, I think I am optimistic. We'll turn the tide. Okay. No two ways about that. Um, mm. It's really beyond turning the tide. What do we do to sustain the economy going forward? And that's where I think we need a more consensus approach to policy making in this country. Okay. There's far too much partisanship, and we okay. need to deal with that uh, okay. in order to move forward. Okay. Professor Jampo. IMF, going to IMF will not be a panacea to our problems mm-hmm. and it will not solve everything and so let us begin to look inward to appreciating the kinds of things that we can do beyond IMF okay. to be able to ensure that we don't go back so easily you know to the front. Okay. Well the National Science and Mask Race is still on and we are at the semi-final stages. I don't know if any of your schools are in there but that's how we wrap up today. It's but Accra Academy is out but um, the people have touted them as a dancing school. But they have a fundraiser in Dinner Dance and Awards oh. Night uh, coming up <laughs> tonight at 6 p.m. You can't miss it. And please stay with us for the National Science and Mass Quiz as well. I am MFA Aprao, sitting for Samson Ladia Yenene, who is out on an Aspen Global Leadership Fellowship Seminar. Hopefully, God willing, he'll be back next.